0: hey john richards a kind of a horror review it is episode number 34 and we are celebrating women of horror month yep we're talking about from 2021 julia de cuamo's new movie called titan or titane if you're american basically translates into titanium a very interesting movie uh, Heideberg, Jacqueline, and myself all had different thoughts and a huge thank you to our special guest today. That would be Nicole from light and shadow podcast. Uh, actually Jacqueline was on a recent episode with, uh, uh, Nicole on her podcast to talk about women of horror month. So we took that idea, decided to make the entire month of February women of horror month. So get ready. Enjoy Tatum from 2021 women of horror month. Episode 34, A Cut Above Horror Review, we will, mon estos, rame. Cut my life into pieces!
1: Good evening and welcome to A Cut Above Horror Review. It's a podcast where we review all things horror. I'm your host Jacqueline and tonight we will be continuing with Women in Horror Month 2022. With another film directed by a female director. We're talking about Titan from last year, 2021, directed by Julia Ducornel. But before we get into that, let's meet everybody else on the show. First up, I'd like to welcome back with open arms Nicole from the Light and Shadow Horror Podcast. Welcome, Nicole. Hello, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Sure, sure. We're really happy to have you with us. And as always, it's gonna, I know it's gonna be a great discussion um Can't wait to hear your opinion on this movie.
2: I know I'm looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts.
1: Uh, it's it's gonna be a good one. Next up, we've got Hydra Berg. How you doing, Hydra? Heide-
3: What's going on, guys? Nicole, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. We thank have you. to make it up to you for having to come on Malignant last time, so now you get to come on for a better movie.
2: Uh, I was yeah. Malignant
1: was fun to talk about though.
3: It was. It was.
1: And last up, we've got the birthday boy. It's John. Uh, Happy birthday,
4: John.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much, Jacqueline. Heidelberg, what's happening? Nicole, thank you so much again for coming on. Thank you. Thank you, Heidelberg. And I I couldn't think of a better guest that we could have on For this discussion, Um, I did listen to you guys' episode because I got to be quite honest behind the scenes of Nicole, we actually took this idea that you do every February and talk about Women of Horror Month and I thought, or or I, I think all of us collectively thought it's really important to talk about the women directors of horror movies, you know, which is exactly why we've been doing it for the entire month. And, and what you and Jacqueline had talked about is fantastic. Anybody that, that has not listened to the Light Shadow podcast, all the episodes, especially this most recent episode with Jacqueline, Women of Horror Month. So thank you again for coming on.
1: Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Nicole, <laughs> before we get into it, do you want to kind of uh, tell the people about your podcast and where they can find you? Sure. So, um, as
2: John and Jacqueline have all said, it's, a uh, Light and Shadow, a horror podcast, and you can find me on Apple, Spotify, pretty much all of the, the major outlets where you find podcasts. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram at Light and Shadow Pod, and, um, I do monthly, hopefully monthly, last year I was not as consistent, this year I'm trying to be better, but, um, I do a monthly show where I kind of pick a topic in film or even just in culture, talk about um, the history of that, and then how film has reflected that. So it's a little bit like a cross between a horror review show and like a lore type setup, Um, and it's usually just me. Occasionally, I have a guest, which is always a lot of fun, Um, but Jack... Dylan joined me this month, and we we did uh, The Most Influential Women in Horror, which was an intimidating topic. (laughs) Um, We disclaimed that, you know, it is not a definitive list. It's just it's a lot of women who both historically and personally have meant a lot to us. And um, I always enjoy doing Women in Horror Month because it's just a great time to cast a, a spotlight on female filmmakers, Producers, directors, actors, characters, it's, it's just a lot of fun because growing up, um, I didn't necessarily think about who was making horror movies. And when I got to an age where I realized that there were other women who were not only into horror, but were responsible for horror, it was a really big deal to me. And so um, it's really fun to be able to just take out a little bit of time and shout out to my like spooky sisters who are really making some great things happen
1: right on yeah uh so if you guys aren't already listening to nicole's podcast get the to your podcatcher immediately mm. uh well after listening to this episode and <laughs> check out all of her all of her episodes um, as she said it's more than just a horror review show there it's so much more than that she it's very analytical and because she chooses like a thematic topic for each episode there's a lot of synthesis going on it's not just like talking about one film. So um, she pulls in a lot of different stuff. So very intellectual, very entertaining, very enlightening. So everyone should be listening to that.
0: For Absolutely. Sure. I also want to mention uh, what you guys did later in the show. No spoilers of who you thought was the future of of, of who the female leads were going to not leads, but I, who was going to take uh, horror movies into the future. And I thought that like to me, that was so interesting. And I'm like, yeah absolutely right so i agree to it so i I agree everybody needs to go check this out after our podcast
4: (laughs) yeah
3: (laughs) yeah it's a a really good show it's very insightful and i like uh i like when you do your like breakdowns of like your favorite directors and stuff like that you did an episode on that Mm -hmm.
4: Mm -hmm.
1: and sometimes she also does basically i I forget what you call it nicole but like story time where she she reads a um a short horror story and you have a perfect voice for that, Nicole. It's it's very nice and soothing to listen to. It's nice when I'm like in the car and the kids are sleeping and I can listen to something. Uh, Thank you. They're, Thank they're, you. Like, the- get immersed in it.
2: Yeah, those are a lot of fun. I started doing storytelling uh, episodes just in between to kind of like fill a gap of content, and um, I. I, it's nice to hear you say that I have a good voice because I personally yeah. don't think I have a good like storytelling voice and um, so I, I try really hard and put a lot of effort into it because of that I think so uh, I'm glad to hear that it translates well to others. Yeah, oh yeah sad.
1: no 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 you definitely yeah it, it, it definitely works. And you mostly sprinkle- it's a uh,
2: it's classic horror stories, too. So yes. it, if it could actually be appropriate for children of a certain age, you know, because there's some some classic uh, authors in there.
3: <laughs> you even sprinkle like some sound effects here and there in some of them, I've noticed, mm-hmm. which are really good. They're subtle, but they're good.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun to produce yeah. those for sure. Yeah.
1: Well, John, uh, well, do you want to tell us how you've been spending your birthday so far today?
0: uh pizza and cake it's been wonderful thank you guys Woo! i appreciate it it's been a lot of fun uh yeah i didn't <laughs> i didn't get a lot to the horror movie only because it was birthday day and day off and just chilling enjoying myself. that's awesome that's yeah. what you
1: should do on your birthday you should just be able to enjoy yourself now i gotta ask what are your pizza toppings
0: I mean, this sounds really boring but it's it was just it was just pepperoni that's not <laughs> <boring>. That's, that's
1: <laughs> classic that's the that's the classic standby that you cannot go wrong with that we got you're a vegetarian
0: yeah well that's true uh we actually have a pizza place called new york giant pizza and mm. hydroberg you may know about this but the thing okay but out here these are like the biggest pizzas you need to have like a nice like a, a semi-truck to get at least one wow. pie into your car. These things are huge. I mean, they're, they're at least, I don't know, four feet long by four feet. Oh my
2: gosh. They're, they're
0: big. They it's are, like a party pizza. It is. I mean, you fold it in half and it's like you're holding a toddler or something like that. <laughs> you know, these these pizzas are huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was delicious. I My mom actually made me a cake today. It was like, a uh, uh-huh. chocolate cake had cherries in the middle and uh, like a whipped, whipped cream topping. And it
3: was it was like a nice. Black Forest cake, sort of.
0: Is yeah. that what that's called? Sort of, yeah. It was really good. But it wasn't overly sweet, though. You know, the cherries yeah. were, you know, candy cherries or whatever. And uh, the, the sour cream or whatever it was, the, the topping was, it was dope. So <laughs> it was a good birthday.
1: Yay, Yay John's mom. That was great. Hey.
3: Plug to John's mom. mom.
1: Thanks, mom. She should come on the show. (laughs) Yes, she should.
3: Can you have an extra slice for me and a piece of pizza? I mean, I had
0: had two. I'm fine. I'm stuffed. So I had one for you, Hyderberg. I had one for me and then one for you. Thank you. And one for Jacqueline and one for Nicole.
1: (laughs) So they're really four. Okay. Well, Well, as big as
0: they were, it might as well have been four.
1: So wait, when they slice the pizza, so if it's that big do they cut it into normal shape slices and they're just huge or do they break they it down do. into smaller manageable so you know, how are you managing this gigantic slice that's like I, half your I, body I fold, size
0: i fold it into fourths nice. wow <laughs> i mean they're that's, that big they are literally that big I'm I'm what she said.
1: Some...
0: damn it <laughs> It's I'm gonna birthday. need some
1: photos of this pizza, John, and yeah. we'll post the photos. Can you is there any leftover that you can there better be leftover.
0: I was gonna be really gross, but no, no, it's uh I, I can show you later.
3: John's yeah. like Pizza the Hut over here. When I go yeah. wee wee.
4: Oh my
1: gosh.
3: Mean <laughs> we're gonna we're
1: gonna be hearing a lot of that this episode. Yes, you guys sure are gonna be all I all I
0: texted French. you guys there's gonna be bathroom humor here. Sorry.
1: Oh Lord, <laughs> okay. Well let's brace ourselves.
0: All right. Anyway.
1: Okay, so what actual news do you have in the horror world?
0: Well, I was actually quite busy. So uh, the only thing I found is that the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I guess the technical sequel to the movie actually came out on Netflix. It's getting very mixed reviews. People either loved it or hated it. Uh, I know Mm. a couple of people here right now have seen it. So uh, let's go to Nicole. Nicole, you saw it. What, What are your initial thoughts without spoiling it?
2: So first of all, Like This movie is just a movie. It does not warrant the extreme reactions (laughs) I have seen it getting, Um, which I feel like in the world of horror on any social media outlet lately, this year especially, whatever the newest movie that comes out is... People got to be crazy about it. You know, it can't just casually be, this is how I felt. This is why I feel this way. It's got to be, this is amazing or this is garbage. And Mm -hmm. so that's exhausting. Just as a note about horror fandom, it's exhausting. And sometimes Um, the
1: reactions are equally extreme. Like, you suck. You're not a real
4: horror fan. Yeah.
2: Yeah. If you like it, it's because you don't have any taste. If you don't like it, it's because you didn't get it. You know, whatever. Um, so I, you know, I have specific criticisms, whatever, about the film, which we will not get into spoilers today. But I found myself enjoying it. Um, I was prepared to not enjoy it. Um, the, You know, the bar was low. And David actually watched it with me. I was like, I don't know what this is going to be. So let's just, you know, this could be really terrible. Um, but about a third of the way in, I was like, David, I'm I'm kind of having a good time. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm enjoying this. Um so, you know, I didn't love it. I, you know, I I don't think it was like some amazing sequel. Um but it didn't irritate me. I liked it more than Halloween Kills. Yeah. So, there's that.
4: <laughs> that's
0: a very I mean, low that's bar. a low bar but, uh, to clear, but uh, yeah.
2: Bar. Still, yeah, because yeah. a lot of people have been sort of comparing them because they do have some similar elements. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought it was more successful than Halloween Kills. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed it. Was it amazing? No. Would I watch it again? Probably.
4: So, nice. Okay. Well, that's what about you, Hagerberg? Yeah, I I'd-
3: saw it. I don't want to go too far into it because we are going to cover it. We in will. One, but um, in a month or two. Um, but yeah, no, it was. Um, I went into it with low expectations also. It's a Netflix film, right? It's Texas Chainsaw. Like I'm not that invested in that franchise. I like the first two. The OG's classic and it still holds up. I watched it the other night again on physical media.
4: Oh. Right?
3: I own it. Nice. And um, yeah, it's great. And then I watched the new one, and the new one's fun. It's a fun film. Um, it's got issues, and you know, some people are right about you know the things they complain about, but yeah, it's too extreme, like the the complaints about it are just like it's just a movie like calm down right but well, um
0: Nicole had brought up the fact it's really that well
3: it, made though. yeah
0: that Nicole had brought up the fact of Halloween kills and you know I I think that generally speaking and I think we've all seen it now um you know we we thought it was a poor I I guess uh entry into the uh what is it the the the, the, the Halloween sequel but like with the Texas Chainsaw with this one Hyderberg, do you feel that this was a good entry or a decent entry for it?
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a better entry than some of the other sequels or, like, like whatever remakes that we've had so far.
0: Does it hold up to Halloween 2018? And I'll ask you the same thing, Nicole, after I answered, mean, answers.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think so. Because that's I, the vibe. This movie, like, looked really good. It was shot really well. Like, the imagery is really good. The gore is really good. And, and I don't want to give too much away, but the plot you know it's serviceable it, it works for the film like right you know
0: well i think we've all seen the the the, the trailer where where sally comes back you know and this is a laurie strode halloween yeah. 2018 thing so d- d- nicole do you feel that this kind of holds up to you know as being a true sequel to texas chainsaw massacre
2: hmm that's complicated because i feel like Every horror franchise has got some of this going on, but Texas Chainsaw might be the worst offender as far as just sort of being fragmented and being all over the place because even Texas Chainsaw 2 is not like the first one. It's a different thing. Yeah, it is. Um, so it's really difficult to to say. Um, Now, I will say... This compared to Halloween 2018, I wasn't the hugest fan of Halloween 2018, um, but I don't think this is as good as that was. Um, the story is simpler, and I appreciate that, um, but I don't know. It, it didn't, to me, feel like a direct sequel to the original 74. Like, those two, if I watched those two back-to-back, it wouldn't really jive but that also might be because they're 50 years apart you know
0: but that's interesting because it's like somebody actually put on instagram where it's i believe it was a director uh, a guy named adam krauss actually put up a timeline of what was technically was happening of you know this is the halloween franchise this is the uh texas chainsaw franchise and this is where leatherface landed this is where Texas Chainsaw mm-hmm. to happen, whatever it was, you know. So it's just interesting for me to hear you guys say that. That it's like it's worthy, but it's not technically what the Halloween franchise did back in twenty eighteen. Yeah, I mean, and, just, and
2: to me, like that doesn't really bother me. um no, no, yeah. It, which I think for some people, I think that is a real struggle yes. for them, and that's fair. You know, uh, we can't help the way we subjectively feel about a movie. You know. Um, but for me, when you've got – when you have – honestly, almost any horror franchise at this point has been on such a journey that I kind of don't care when you decide to make another whatever. If they came out with A Nightmare on Elm Street, which I, I kind of wish we would get another one, I I kind of wouldn't care. Call it a sequel. Call it a reboot. Call it a whatever. Like, I don't really care. Just make a good movie. <laughs> That's
0: <laughs> true. They, be- they messed up the reboot a couple of years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. My opinion. Yeah. We'll see that's what all-
2: happens because yeah. the rights to Nightmare on Elm Street, last I heard, I think uh, West Craven's estate sold it to HBO maybe. Mm. I think that's right. Anyway, just stay tuned. So Nightmare
3: on Elm Street, the series is what we're going to get.
2: That would be fantastic. Maybe, I
0: would hopefully. To, I would love to have Freddy's
3: Nightmares back. That, that series oh, that had. oh my
0: god.
2: That, that show was so busted, I loved it. Yeah,
3: absolutely. It's funny because we were just talking about Friday the 13th, the show, on the yeah. Slack the other day. Mm -hmm. also busted yeah (laughs) but i also saw another movie this week
4: what's that did you see i
3: saw the cursed in theaters it's a new release how was that uh pretty good uh i'm not gonna like spoil anything but uh like real quick just the themes like i don't maybe some people consider this a spoiler but it's it's sort of a take on like a werewolf story in a sense and it's got a different, interesting take on that. I liked it. It's a period film. It takes place in, like, I think the late 1800s or something like that. And um, it's based around a family and, like, their their land and, like, some gypsies. And it's pretty cool. I mean, character effects could have been better. There's some pacing and plot issues. But overall, like, it has some fantastic gore, some good direction, some really good acting. And I'd recommend just seeing it if you want to see a, you know, a horror movie in the theaters. I think it's decent enough and don't we all yeah absolutely <laughs> of I course we it. want to see
1: a horror movie in the
4: theater
1: yeah well cool thanks for the recommend no um, problem. all right so do you guys actually want to talk about titan or, or what <laughs> yeah titan. we're gonna talk about that titan. all right
4: oui, oui. Oh, no, God. I so go first oui, of oui. all
1: let me just ah, say that none of us second. knows how to say this correctly so we're just saying how, how we want to say it uh hyderberg This was your pick this week. Do you want to tell us why you chose this movie?
3: Uh, Well, I chose it. I chose it um, because I haven't seen it yet. I wanted to see it. It's been on my list. Um, It's the writer and director of Raw, which I really liked. That was our first episode also. And I thought it would be good to have, you know, do this one. She's a a woman writer and director, which works out for our Women in Horror Month. So, you know, all those ducks got in a line and I felt like, you know, it was a good pick
4: all right
3: Not john right. you're shaking your head no you disagree oh you're upset John's looking like you a watch.
1: grumpy curmudgeon over there
3: it's my birthday <laughs> i'll wait yeah you can cry if you want to
4: <laughs>
1: i already
3: have multiple times
4: <laughs> oh, God. Oh, i can't
1: Probably wait to cry trying that. to get that
3: 10 foot pizza down your throat
4: <laughs> and you might cry later <laughs> all, all right. right
1: are your sinuses all good now john Yes, they're fine okay. <laughs> all right let's talk about whether this film fucks or sucks nicole as our guest of honor would you like to make the first proclamation as to whether this film fucks or sucks oh
0: my god I'm waiting
1: i've for been this. trying to think
2: about how to answer this for the last <laughs> 24 hours oh boy. because it. uh it's for me it doesn't fall squarely in one category or the other um so i will say this i think that tatan is kind of like a sex dream where you have a weird sex dream and you wake up and you're like what was that and what did i eat before i Mm. (laughs) went to bed last night and that's the only answer i have for this category okay
1: that is sufficiently weird for this movie so
3: <laughs> we we do have a uh, you could go with the flaccid fuck if you ever wanted to just so you know that is oh, a okay. second! i just okay. wanted to
0: hear nicole curse, i like your, i've never heard like you ever yeah
1: <laughs> yeah She's i deliberately avoiding
2: it Yeah, she is <laughs> i mean okay how about this i'm not sure if
1: this movie fucks or sucks
3: okay she did does it. that
1: make you happy
0: <laughs> yes it does I'm
3: good. we'll figure it out by the end of the review That was
1: her birthday present to you, John. Thank
0: you, Nicole. I (laughs)
3: appreciate
1: it. You're welcome. So if you're looking for a weird sex dream, this movie is for you, is what she's saying. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Hyderberg, this was your pick. Why don't you tell us next?
3: Uh, Yeah. This film fucks like a V8 Hemi with the stroker kit and posi rear. Car talk. I
1: understood like 10% of those words.
3: That said, I really just wrote that because I wanted to say car stuff. Uh, I'm kind of with Nicole in a sense, like I think this movie does fuck, but at the same time, I don't know. There's a lot to unpack with this movie and I'm not like 100% satisfied with it, but I think I would fuck it again. So, you know what I mean? Like I need to like, <laughs> think about it.
1: Okay. All right. So it's a fuck you got to like ponder afterwards yeah. and question your life choices,
0: I guess. He may <laughs> slam into the back of her, her Dragula, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: I slam know. it into the ditches.
1: <laughs> so many pieces coming together here.
3: Oh, that's a Rob Zappi reference.
1: Oh, oh thanks really? For, thanks, for, thanks for pointing that out. We had to say his name.
3: I know that's <laughs> the only reason I said that. Fucking
0: duh. Sorry. Thanks,
1: Bird. Right, we need the All sound. Right. Jacqueline,
0: <laughs> I'm, hey, I'm going to defer to you. Oh, <laughs> I mean, okay. does this movie fuckers? <laughs>
1: okay. I I like Nicole. I, I it's a complicated answer. I think I think. The movie, I think it fucks, but it's like you you have a lot of questions about this afterwards and (laughs) wonder, uh, like is this is this a is this somebody I want to be in a relationship with or is this a one time thing or was this a one night stand? I don't know what's going on. Was that that was kind of a scary fuck? Like was it good or did it traumatize me? I don't know. So it's a it's it's a whole jumble. That's that's my answer john
0: fair enough oh boy um like you guys like all three of you guys I, i've struggled with this Of like is it good is it bad does it fuck does it suck um i gotta say that that i think a movie that is so well acted and beautifully shot and and different deserves a watch um what her name's jennifer right I, i'm sorry i Oh,
4: Julia. Uh, Julia. 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 Okay, so yeah, what Julia did, I, I,
0: I love the movie Raw. I thought that was fantastic. But I thought what Julia did with this movie, how do you describe it to somebody? How I, I, Are you going to recommend this to a general audience and say, oh, dude, let me tell you about this movie, Titan, or <laughs> Um, No, you're absolutely not. But ever since I watched it, not texting you guys, it's just like, what did I just watch? Johnson's
1: going I, through something after. I, I, well, no, no, no.
0: I, I think there's a lot to be said about that because it still affected you mm-hmm. that you're not sitting there. It's like, no, this movie absolutely sucks. You know, you, you screw this movie. I don't want to watch it ever again. I I don't necessarily want to watch it again. But I was intrigued, and in, and in things that happened into it. it was one of the few movies that I actually looked away to. You know, where I was hiding my eyes. I was like, man, this is really uncomfortable, uncomfortable to watch. And it was just like. It, isn't that kind of a good thing? Isn't that kind of like, you know, taking, taking horror or, or or what do they call it? The new French extremity to a whole new level where you're just kind of veering your eyes off and not watching it, but you're very intrigued by it. So I'm going to say ultimately this movie fucks. I mean, it, it's, it's hard to watch. I'm not going to throw any sexual innuendos in there and be like, Oh yeah, let's do this again. I don't know if I want to watch this again, but I, I still think about it. I appreciate what Julia did with this movie in all seriousness.
1: That's a fair point. And, you know, I'm not a filmmaker, but if I were, I would want to make films that people like, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily want to make films that everybody loves, but I would like it if people felt like they needed to think it over for days afterwards. I would, it would be like the worst thing would be to make a movie that people just watch and then forget about.
0: Well, I so, mean, a movie like "Thanks Killing" I it's my pick. <laughs> also, I know it was, and I, I, I compliment you on this pick because, like, to me, I'm I have still range. Pretty, yeah, like, like for me, that movie was just like, dude, don't watch that movie. It's like it's it was stupid. Thanksgiving With, week. Th- yeah, there's so many other better movies you could watch, but man, I, I don't know. I don't necessarily know if I could. I I would recommend this to a general audience, but I would actually highly recommend it to people that have a strong stomach that, that can watch movies like this. You know what I mean? Because it's not it's not exploitative. It's very I don't know, reverently done. I don't know if that's the right phrase for it, but it, it is. It's just kind of and it kind of throws you all these
3: curveballs. John, the parts oh. that you had to turn your head from, uh, were, were they the parts well, with your on, breasts? Yeah, the
1: joke. Oh, I, oh, I thought you were actually, I didn't no. you were making a joke. I was going to be like, let's get the spoiler warning in there before we <laughs> do
0: that. But well, why don't do we that. do that anyway? Yeah. All right. Yeah, we're going to talk about Taton from 2021. Uh, say her name again, Julia what? Because I, I'm terrible at French. I,
1: well, I don't I don't have good French pronunciation, but I'm saying Julia de Cournau.
0: De Carnau, Which actually. Yeah. Yeah, she was the director for Raw, our very, very, very first episode mm-hmm. uh, We're going to be talking about this movie in its entirety um, If you have not seen this movie I would say if you have a strong stomach stomach, Go watch it in its entirety Then come back to find out what we thought about it Because we're going to spoil the shit out of this Back to you, Jacqueline
1: Well, back to Hydraberg Because it's time for oh, a reach right. around
3: oh, All right, guys, you ready? <laughs> I'm so ready Ready for a French reach around? Wee wee. Oh, God. Okay. Put the key in the ignition and let's begin. Because we're going to take this baby for a spin. This film has some kinks, so where to begin? A central dance of metal and skin. A film that asks questions more than it answers. A love affair between a car and a dancer. The end will leave you with questions unanswered. But man, what a ride it has been. A murderous pregnant runaway with tears in her skin. Had a baby that's not quite human. The little guy was a mix of man and machine. This film has family issues. Do you see what I mean?
1: I think that was one of your best ones ever.
3: Thank you. Too, wee that wee. was that we
1: I like how you you extended the metaphor there.
3: That's Writing great. a reach round for this was kind of hard because I was like, I don't even understand this movie. What do I write? Like, <laughs> it's got to be car stuff,
0: right? <laughs> I we got a text from Hydro Park earlier today. This movie's fucked.
3: <laughs> I'm like, yeah, duh. <laughs> <laughs> well I just okay say, like yeah she's a great director off the bat whatever, without like, question she, yeah without so question like i'm really excited to see what she does with her the rest of her career
1: yeah she, she's a talented writer and director but there's a lot to kind of untangle here so yeah the the way i kind of wanted to begin is i'm totally um intrigued by John's very public reaction to this like all over the social media the past couple of days he's been posting about it about how disturbed he is so I wanted to start by asking John like what can you talk about like what was really getting to you about this movie like what was so disturbing specifically to you
0: well I think what it does is it it you get through the movie and then it ties around to the end or, or the beginning so you get to the end of the movie and you kind of understand this. And then I, I, I think the first thing, honestly, that disturbed me was, um, you know, we start out with a dad and a little girl sitting in a the car, they're driving on the freeway. You know, she's being an annoying little, little shit and the dad turns around and yells at her and they get in this accident. Um, She obviously got the brunt of the accident because she gets this metal plate in her head and I guess I didn't I, I didn't realize it till the end of the movie, you know, which was a I, I guess kind of a wonderful twist is that the way she walked up to the car and hugged it and like kissed it for the first time. And this is like a six or seven-year-old little girl, and it was so disturbing that what she did throughout the movie, it actually came back to that. It was like, man, she has this connection to to a vehicle or 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 you know what she thinks is her lover or somebody that kept her alive or something like that. And it was just that was the most disturbing thing to me. That it was right just here. like, yeah. And then at the end, you know, and, and I guess I didn't I didn't think about it that, that she had a metal plate in her head and it splits open and you see the metal plate. And I was just like, oh fuck, this is
3: it was titanium, fuck. also.
0: It was. Mm-hmm. And I guess titan is French for titanium, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I thought the whole overarching st- uh, overarching story of the little girl becoming this woman of of a psychopath and and I guess serial killer because we already spoiled the shit out of this, but um, yeah, it's it's yeah, I think that whole idea, like her her backstory, was probably the most disturbing thing to me.
1: Okay, interesting. Well, so maybe that's a good place to kind of all chime in on the discussion is like how does everybody read this puzzle piece of the story with her love affair with the car, basically? Like, how do we interpret this? What do you guys think? Like, what is it I mean? I really don't know,
2: honestly. Um, I knew that that was, like, the premise of this movie, that she had a thing with the car. <laughs> um, and so I, I, I expected to get some kind of answer for it and we really don't because in that first scene before she even has the car wreck and gets the metal in her head she's already like grooving with the car yeah, cuz she's, she's making like make, yeah she's yeah, making she's the same noise as like, like the engine broom,
0: broom sound, like a sound yeah. like
2: and when her dad turns the radio up she gets angry you know yeah. um so it it's so it's not a result of her, her accident it's something that was already like baked into who she is and we don't really ever, we don't really ever get an answer to that. Um, but then also, we don't get an answer to why she's a killer. We just see her killing people. Yeah. We're not sure what triggers it. We're not sure why she's doing it. We just really don't know. Um, and so those two things—the fact that we don't ever really get an answer—I think is part of what makes this such a disorienting story. Um, on top of just the the violence that comes along with you know new French extremity, yeah, <laughs> I,
0: I, yeah, I agree with that. I, I I think the ambiguity there was was very untold. You don't understand why, but but Nicole, you made a great point. Is that she was making those car sounds at the beginning? The way I read it, and again, this was the only time I watched this movie. Was you know she was making these annoying sounds, but she was also kicking the back of her dad's car you know and Nicole or or, uh, Jacqueline you know with kids they're kicking the back of your car you're just like shut the fuck up you little shits stop doing this it was like okay this dad was so pissed off that that happened my read into it was that when she got into the accident there's something that like kind of went into her brain because I guess I didn't read the, the, all the subtitles of when she got the titanium. I know the dad said something like, you know, is she going to have this forever or whatever? Um, but like something snapped in her brain because the first thing she did was hug the car and kissed it. You didn't see any of that prior to the accident that she was just making a car sound like an annoying kid. But there there was that kind of, you know, maybe she has a connection to, to uh, machinery rather than human beings, which you well, find out later she does.
3: Yeah, because a lot of her victims, it's implied possibly that they that she killed them after intimacy, possibly like not the not the massacre in the house, but that's only because they witnessed her kill um, Justine. But mm-hmm. she, you know, she kills Justine, she kills the guy, her admirer, yes. and there's a chance that maybe she was intimate with the people that she killed beforehand. Yeah, that I,
2: reminded I... me of uh, disturbing behavior. Did you guys ever see disturbing behavior? Yeah. No time. Yeah. So that's a really fun 90s movie you should give it a watch but um in that movie um there's like a trigger these kids go psycho when they get aroused it like mm-hmm. triggers something oh. else in their brain that makes them like go rage on people and kill them so that was so I wondered about that I was like when they did her brain surgery is it possible that when she's yeah, well, yeah when she's like you know sexually aroused it also like triggers this other thing yeah.
3: yeah. And especially towards humans, right? Like, so, like she has a disconnect, yeah. I guess. Maybe. Yeah.
2: Because when it's- she tries to be intimate with a human, it does not work out.
3: No.
1: So, John, you you were kind of heading down a path that I was thinking about um, after watching this. I wasn't like capable of consciously like considering this while I was watching while I was watching the film, but afterwards, I was thinking like, well, like, where does this come from? What does this mean? I'm trying to figure out what this like uh, human car relationship is and why it's there and what i was sort of like my my theory i don't know if this is what julia de cornau was thinking but my theory is that it's like just a very stylized representation of her like lack of humanity yeah. so and i agree 100 percent with nicole that this is kind of already baked into her but i feel like the accident and the surgical implantation of the titanium plate in her head like almost activates something and I think it's kind of like there's something already kind of in her like a bad seed kind of thing where she already has this malevolent look on her face when she's a child and she's in the back seat you know having this little interaction with her dad uh, so we can see that something's going on there but then when she gets the plate in her head it's almost like And again, this is just in my mind, but it's almost like she sort of takes one step away from humanity and one step towards machine.
3: She's Uh, got metal in her now.
1: Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's almost like she becomes a little bit of a hybrid Mm -hmm. creature in some way. And I think that that kind of reflects the fact that she doesn't appear to have any empathy at all. It's almost like she doesn't know how to be a human being. Yeah. and um and I think that that kind of ties in with what this movie is really about which is sort of about how like a, a pure unadul- unadulterated love can melt her a little bit and she becomes somewhat more human it's like she kind of relearns or learns for the first time how to do that a little bit
0: well, well and did you notice and uh, I'm sorry Jacqueline I don't mean to cut you off but did you notice that that um as she's an adult or or back you know, present time is that her dad completely ignores her like yeah, she's getting her right. own food they, they they they're almost like i thought there was a they're beautiful sh- there were no there was a beautiful shot of uh the dad sitting against his white wall and jul or uh the, the the main character of alexia. Amelia, alexia. Uh, alexia being on the other side it looked like a s- split screen but then as soon as the mom came in it kind of broke that 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 barrier of like no they're in the same exact like location of each other you know it was you know it is broken relationships with her I I also agree that I guess it's up to interpretation that maybe she had these tendencies before the the accident but I think the one telltale sign for me was when she first walked out she got the brace off of her off of her neck that she could walk she the first thing she went up to hug was the car and kissed the car that, yeah. that, that, that was her thing like She can
1: relate to that more than the, you know, the human relationships. We like the
0: yeah. So I agree. I agree with you that, that maybe she had this, you know, maybe she was just a, you know, a little pain in the butt kid, but but all of a sudden something snapped inside of her. Once once she had this brain surgery that, that she became this, I didn't get the vibe when they were driving, but, but you might be right that she had this all along, but this is what caused her to, veer off this way
3: yeah i I got the vibe though like nicole said you she's making the car noises like and that's the first noise you hear before the screen even has an image on it so like i feel like we're meant to believe that she's sort of entranced by the the noise of the engine or Mm -hmm. but yeah like yeah then she when her dad raises the radio that's when she starts kicking the seat because he's like making it so she can't hear the engine you know and and tuning her out and then they're like their relationship is definitely strained later on Mm -hmm. in in adulthood because you see like Like you said, John, like they prepare a meal, separate meals together in the same kitchen. They don't even acknowledge each other. They go to the same room, but different areas of the room and eat. And like, he doesn't even look at her really. Yeah. When she examines her later, it's really weird. Like when she wants him to check her stomach and she, he like pulls back, he draws back almost like, I was wondering if there was an abusive relationship, but they never really imply that other than the, you know, he yelled at his kid, like kids, you know, she took her seatbelt off in the car. So you would do that. I don't. Yeah. yeah, I never got that. I was. Sure. I
2: think there's clearly something wrong with their relationship, yeah, and it's yes, not, not aware of. like her and her mom don't have it. It's specifically she and her dad, mm-hmm. and, and we don't really know what that is. But like, even when she's a kid in the car, it there's just like kind of a coldness there, and even at, at one point when she comes into the house with the like bloody clothes, he like sees her. And we're not sure if he can see everything, but you kind of get the feeling that even if he can tell something really bad is going on, he just doesn't really care. Like, he's just not going to go. He's just not going to engage with her. Yeah. So there's just this very kind of strange broken relationship, which of course plays out really beautifully later when she finds an unexpected father. So those are kind of like nice. It's like a
1: nice parallel.
3: Even though she doesn't she seems to get along with her mother. She doesn't seem to care when she burns the house down and sets. Well, oh, she
1: deliberately fire. murders them. I mean, oh yeah.
3: Like, oh, but yeah. that was a way the beautiful of thing. Of maybe disconnecting yeah. From her past, like she's moving. I, I love that connection
0: of her burning down the house and then, like, having this connection with, with the fire captain. Yeah. It mm-hmm. was, like that was like such a beautiful like 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 connection right there. And this oh man,
3: this movie takes a turn too. I was not anticipating this like the turn of the plot and the uh, like just the theme of the movie changing because uh, I was really into the beginning, like and finding out more about Alexia and like her life now and why she w- wants to have sex with a car.
0: Did you and notice that everybody that died was in a very vulnerable p- position, like vulnerable the whole as movie far is as about
3: vulnerability? You, yeah. Just like being naked. You, you, you're most vulnerable. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I, I
0: don't mean that in a disgusting way. I just mean that everybody was in that kind of position where you're being most- naked.
3: I don't know. Can we just talk on the sex scene with the car for a minute?
1: Okay, sure. I mean, we can't not talk about it.
3: I thought it was really tastefully done. Twice. Like, I, I thought it was fucking kind of hot, to be honest. Like it, the way it's shot. I'm just saying, like,
1: Nick, I've I'll never back seen you up a on, scene no.
3: like that before. I'll back I, you up
1: on that. I'm, I'm I not didn't know disagree. what. To,
3: thank you. I knew you would, Jacqueline. <laughs> like the fact that she's like bound by the seatbelt and like. Her s- naked skin is against the upholstery. Like I don't know, there was something like hot about it, and I thought it was done in a really cool way. And then you see her yeah. through the sunroof. It, it Did you not- take a little
1: trip out to the garage after seeing that Hyderberg?
3: I wish I had a garage. I'd have <laughs> to <laughs> his Jeep. do it in public with my. Jeep. I do love my Jeep. The
0: seat by the
1: way. I know you like, love your Jeep. Well, like
2: it wasn't ridiculous, right? No, it, because it, it on oh, a page. That's if, what I'm saying on the I, page, I, yeah, you would expect it, that to be like I've. I, I, I did a little bit of research after this and just read a few people's, like, synopsis. And there's one that the synopsis is, like, she sex- has sex with and is impregnated by a Cadillac. And it's, like, that's a ridiculous sentence. It but it's very serious. And, yeah, and the way it was done in the movie was, like, very
1: effective and didn't seem stupid. No, yeah. it didn't well, right, seem stupid. Totally and, and, it didn't try to, like, and it didn't try to, like, explicitly, ex- you know, explain, explain the mechanics of, like, how yeah. this is happening. Mm-hmm. We don't need that, you know?
0: Well, and again, the way she did it was not exploitative. I I didn't feel like you know this was just a scene to you know for whatever. It had a point in the movie of what was going on here, you know. Even later down the line, when she makes love to a fire truck, you know, apparently.
2: Yeah, and I think part of that too is that we um we had already we'd already seen her nude. So it wasn't really jarring to then see her all of a sudden be nude. Um, And that was one thing that I noticed right off the bat is like in that first scene where there's like a lot of dancers at the car show. I was like, this feels like pretty typical, like music video. Let's just get some Mm -hmm. ladies in there. But I'm like, this is directed by a female, so I'm interested to see how this plays out. So there was that scene, but then right after it, there was a scene of just, they were in the shower together. Just like casual, just this is just life, this is just our job. And uh, so I thought that was an interesting contrast. And so (laughs) the nudity became kind of not a big deal, because like everybody's naked, you know?
0: Yeah. And again, that that was not I thought it was fine to where where Julia put this in the movie. I thought it was just more foreshadowing because she was dancing on a car and made love to a car that was Mm -hmm. fire. So this is where, you know, the the parents got burned up. She ends up making love to a fire truck and she has a connection to the captain who she who he thinks that is uh, his son who had passed away. So, Up until
3: a certain point, there's a point where he I, the, he must know at some point that that's not his son. He
0: did, but but the thing was is that he he made a he set a line like at the end of the movie is like I don't care who you are, yeah, you're always going to be my son. Yeah,
3: I know. So yeah. you know he needed that bond. He wanted that. But son I just like well, so badly. The
0: more I've thought about this, I love the connection of you know this car was a Cadillac, but it had flames on it. So this is foreshadowing of what was going to happen to her parents. And she ends up like doing the same thing to a fire truck, you know, and this person cared for her, you know, didn't do anything to harm her. Like, like, like tried to do everything he could to save her, you know, even said the line of, I don't, I know you're not my son, but you're always going to be my son and births this
3: um, thing. (laughs) Now is the, is the baby real? Is the, is it really a man and machine? Is it, is it a metaphor for something?
1: I, I think it's I think it's real.
3: Was she just pregnant by one of the guys that she killed, and not by a car? Like I think that it's all real.
1: And the only reason that I feel strongly about that is that I read an interview with her mm-hmm. where she said, "It's literal. Like whatever I put on a sc- on the screen is literal. If you're seeing it, it's real." Right. And that's what that's what I because mean to say. But that's what I. mean. Alexia her herself
3: too. became metallic. Also, like her womb
1: mm-hmm. became right.
3: metallic as well yeah. as the baby, because that that was the side of her, like, and then the baby came out, and that was, like, half human. I was expecting the baby to just be straight metal and not yeah. vibrate. So did I, I, yeah.
2: Yeah, I was expecting something
3: like or, altogether come out something, horrible and
2: scarring, and, scarring. Well, control, and yeah. part of that is, I think, because um, so the the classic New French Extremity film Inside,
4: mm. like,
2: had a huge impact on me for a lot of reasons that I will not go into, but um, I feel like Because of that, and now because of this movie, I feel like there's just... If you're a woman, there's just a very specific horror that comes along with the reproductive system and specifically with birth. Uh And so I felt like, I don't know what is going to come out of this woman, but I'm really scared (laughs) to know what it is. And like I kept thinking... Throughout the movie, every time she was having like pains, I was like, Oh my gosh, is this it? Is she giving birth? And then she wouldn't, and it would move on. And so when we got to the end and it was just mainly just a baby with a few metal pieces, I was like, Oh, I'm actually kind of relieved by this.
0: And Nicole, (laughs) I feel I feel the exact same way because like I'll tell you the scenes that really kind of made me turn and hold the hand over my eyes were the scenes like in the shower where, where she's licking oil. Or or she's, mm-hmm. I fucking love the motor oil. But and, and, and I did too, but it was like it me. It yeah, it, it did so disturb weird. me so much. She was in the she was in the room and she was lactating. And I get that, you know, a woman lactates when, when she's pregnant, but oil coming out. And I was yeah. just like, oh my God. This is like really hard. All oh, the scratching. scratching.
1: So let <laughs> me tell you guys. So that's a real thing that happens in pregnancy because your skin is stretching so much. Um, okay. that it can a lot of women have like very very itchy skin around their belly cuz it's like there's like little micro tears happening underneath slowly
4: mm-hmm.
1: um and so that's like a real thing that you can like oh. you could really scratch yourself um good uh so that, like you can put cocoa butter on there and stuff to kind of yeah. help the skin be more elastic or whatever but that's like a that's that's a real thing like uh luckily i never leaked any motor oil but...
3: <laughs> i got to say uh you and I, I feel like she depicts uncomfortable scenes like really well, like in raw Raw is one of those movies that like I watch a lot of horror movies and that movie made me feel squeamish, like weird, like I felt on edge when I watched it. And that's why I picked it that first time. And this movie does that as well. Um, she just does a really good job at like depicting those that drama like really well and like respectfully, but like realistically, too. You know, and I just feel like um like I could she's she reminds me of like a like a new age Cronenberg in a sense, like a female version. She does different themed films, but the body horror that she does is just I don't know, I really dig it. I agree. Yeah. You guys
1: think so so uh, like since we're talking about the body horror, um, that's something I really wanted to talk about is another puzzle piece to this movie. And again, I feel like there were a lot of puzzle pieces, and I'm still kind of working to like put them all together, but I'm
4: mm-hmm.
1: I got to start with just like identifying what they are first. So when I'm thinking about the body horror aspect of this, so yeah, I'm thinking about Alexia and what's going on with her pregnancy and what's happening to her body. And she herself seems horrified by it, not just because it's so abnormal. Like obviously this is not like a normal human pregnancy experience <laughs> that's happening.
3: I'm trying to hide it. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, yeah like, so, so there's the obvious stuff like the motor oil leaking and some other stuff. But then I think beyond that, I mean, just as like a very normal story, I think she's horrified at just being pregnant to begin with. Mm-hmm. And I think she's horrified at being confronted with her femininity. Like, this is like a very female thing because I think something about her character that's important is like she's very androgynous and she at different parts in the parts of the movie she's sort of artificially trying on these very gendered personas so when she's dancing on the car which I think she like does deliberately as a side note I think she like that's like deliberately her career choice so that she gets to like kind of mimic sex with cars all the time like I think it turns her oh, on to would be writhing around on a car but so I but I she's putting on a very like feminine like act and appearance that I don't think is really like her authentic self and then later she's very deliberately putting on like a masculine performance that is not really her authentic self I think she's kind of like a a blank slate almost and I think that kind of ties in with her lack of humanity like that she's she herself is like kind of a machine Mm. and and so i think all it's all like it's almost like it's like a drag show on both sides
0: understood but do you think that she has that character arc of the shower scene where she's leaking oil but she smiles and she 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 rubs her belly in of acceptance of that
3: yeah no totally yeah
0: it
2: seems like she kind of goes on a little bit of a journey um because yeah, at first she's she's horrified because she wraps
0: she, herself up and she's got all these scars because like like she is she's growing a uh, a life inside her and you see all these like scars and stuff all over her body but there's there's a moment where she's taking a shower by herself she accepts it because she rubs yeah, her there's, belly. And-
2: there's that scene where she it does seem seem like she's she's decided like yeah this is this thing inside me I'm gonna. Bracelet, but also there's a scene where she puts on the dress. Mm-hmm. She finds the the dress of Adrian's mom in the closet, yep. and she puts it on. And I was kind of wondering what she was doing with that because you know clearly that can't be part of her disguise in this world. But she finds it and she puts it on, and she's like looking at herself and like rubbing her belly and seeing how she looks in this dress with her belly. And so those two things made me think that although in the beginning this was a just a disaster for her is that she is starting to come around to right. to the idea of this and yeah. that's it's happening at the same time that she's getting to know Vincent her new father And at first, she's also – she's very resistant to him, and she only went with him as, you know, just a way to to escape being Mm -hmm. caught. But, of course, we see as she's living with Vincent, she's actually softening towards him. Like, she could have escaped and let him overdose, but she doesn't do that. And her choosing to stay with him – and have a relationship with him is kind of coinciding with her, maybe starting to embrace this life that's growing inside of her.
3: A little bit of like a parasitic nature to their relationship where they're both getting something out of yeah. the relationship. It's a weird
2: relationship it's that I thought weird. was going to go south. I thought so he's going to find out who she is.
3: And he's going to get raged.
2: Yeah. Because he yeah. seems very edgy and, like, masculine and that there's some weird stuff going on in his fire station. Well, he's taking um,
0: steroids, right? Is that what he's yeah, shooting in his, his butt? Yeah. He's yeah. shooting steroids.
2: I wasn't scared. sure what it was no, at first. Steroids. And then I was like, okay, it's steroids. Yeah. So here he is. He's just trying to, like, keep his youth. He doesn't yeah. want to age. his
3: masculinity. He feels so like, I, like so he's damaged
2: for sure. But uh-huh. I was pleasantly surprised that that relationship took a – even though it's a weird one – it took a good turn instead of a
0: harsh turn.
3: Yeah, like he turned away from the intimacy at that moment where you're well, like, thank yeah, God they didn't yeah, she, like do it or she something. She had come
0: in and, you know, snuggled up with him. And, and That's
3: the only way she knows how to, really. Right,
0: but but he says, I love you. And yeah. then the only words that she said, she actually speaks and says, I love you too. And it was just like, like, like there was her kind of character turn of like, okay, so she has humanity she's not this you know heartless person that's going to kill everybody because i also
2: i loved the moment when he's 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 helping her give birth and he tells her you got to push you got to push adrian and she said my name is alexia
3: and he he says you got
2: to push alexia i was like oh that's a moment i did like that yeah he didn't
3: deny the fact that Mm -hmm. she wasn't you know he he acknowledged the fact that that's not my son yeah and I feel yeah. like he was going to name this new baby uh, Adrian at some, like they didn't say that, but I feel like he was going to raise the baby and name it Adrian. Now mm-hmm. she dies, right? She yeah. Goes. she. Oh, she, she did. Died. Yeah.
1: She, <laughs> she did.
0: She'd be gone. <laughs>
1: yeah. So at what point do you guys think that the cat is his name, Vincent? I just called him yeah, the captain Vincent. on my notes. Vincent. Um, At what point do you guys think that he was like, even subconsciously aware of the truth that
3: it's funny, I literally that's wrote not that really his exact sentence. I think it was the beginning.
0: I think it was the beginning. I think he knew from the beginning, but he, you know, she, uh, Alexia had the same kind of traits, shaved eyebrows, you know, kind of had that same kind of look. She could know, yeah, um,
3: have the look enough.
0: Yeah. And it was just like, like, I, you know, it's obvious. <laughs> it's apparent that, he was still grieving, you know, because the mom comes over. And- mom
3: knew right away, right? Oh, absolutely. 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 Yeah. And then when she came in the room, she basically said, like, I don't know who you are. Just take I- care of him.
0: Just take, take care of him. him.
3: She yeah. obviously still cares for him, but she can't be with yeah. him anymore. In an no. Yeah. No. I also like he definitely goes along like he definitely acknowledges that he he knows the truth when he's with that other firefighter and the other firefighter kind of pushes him and like, do you remember my name? Do you know you know her name though, right? And then that's when he like sets him up. I I think yeah,
0: I totally think him that explosive
3: canister basically.
0: It's like, no, go over there, throws yeah. it, bam. And he gets up, he looks at the guy and just goes, Okay, I'm moving on. Yeah. Whoever the like the lieutenant was or the second I forgot, in command. He didn't have a name. Ray
1: or... Rayan. Ray, yeah. Rayon. He's like, Call me conscience. Everybody calls me conscience. Is that Call the person at, you're talking about? Call
0: yeah. me home. Really hot one, fresh, real. <laughs> he was hot afterwards because of the fire. Oh my
3: God. I like, died, but I guess he was just like fucking disfigured.
1: Nicole, what what do you think about Vincent's awareness of Alexia's identity?
2: Um, it's kind of hard to tell because he definitely is, you know, in will willful denial. Um, I think he maybe suspected right away because he she doesn't look quite right but i feel like um whenever she's so particular about her clothes and she won't she's very clearly like guarding her body from him um i feel like if that wasn't the moment he he definitely had to know that something was wrong
3: now mm-hmm. was adrian lost or was he kidnapped
1: he was missing
3: we well, missed.
1: he's he's missing, and I don't think mm-hmm. we know any of the details behind so that. Really,
3: like he's missing, and he became like sort of like a runaway, or not not that he ran away, but he he lived a life outside of his his family once he was lost.
2: Yeah. So there's no telling yeah. like what he could on have the streets been or through.
3: Yeah. You know, there's right. lots
2: of reasons why maybe he he could be guarded. That's what um, I was. But for Trauma. for sure, I mean, once. At the point in which Vincent walks in and he sees her body, I mean, that's the point of no return. But he didn't seem too shocked.
3: He covers yeah. her up, though. Like, hey, I saw it, but let's mm. let's cover you up. So we'll pretend like I didn't see this. And we'll yeah. just keep, yeah. keep going on.
1: I think that he probably, the way I interpret it is, I think he probably knew on a subconscious level right from the get-go. Yeah. Um, I think he just wants so badly for it to be the real Adrian that he mm-hmm. is willing to like tell himself anything. And before he even sees Alexia, the police officer is like, "And we'll do a DNA test." And he's like, "No, what for? I know yeah. my own son. I
3: know my own son." Yep.
1: And am I crazy here? Am I the only person who thinks that she looked absolutely nothing like him?
3: She wasn't the same skin tone.
1: No, she didn't. I, I I think that this she couldn't have looked less like him. I, like so the first I, I watched this movie twice but the first time I rewound the whole scene where she was changing her appearance and then showed up in the police station and he was you know talking to the detective I rewound that and I watched it like two or three times because I'm like what just happened here she's trying to look like this kid because she looked so little like him that I I like could not understand the the like facts of what was happening I was like
0: yeah, I must it be was a stretch <laughs> it, and, it was a stretch and maybe it's the one time I saw it but the thing was is I thought that the captain you know Vincent was was probably the best character of this movie because it, it was so heartbreaking I mean it really I was like the that, Cadillac they,
3: myself well, you're like,
0: you oh, like of course you do of course you do <laughs> the That's straps fine. and everything Bro. there you go bitch and flames uh, <laughs> there were bitch and flames. <laughs> No, I, j- I just thought it was so heartbreaking that he was so willing to look past everything else. And he mm-hmm. knew in the back of his mind, you knew he knew at the beginning, this is not my son.
3: He's but a he broken was, he, man.
0: Yeah, he just so wanted it to be his son because he referred to Alexia as his son the entire time. Yep. Even when she gave birth to a yep. Terminator baby. A Terminator.
3: 31,000.
0: <laughs> <30-1000. laughs> That's hilarious.
3: But yeah, I well, think you're right. I think, I think he literally, like when he says, I know my own son. And then when they they pull the blinds <clears> and <throat> he makes that conscious decision, I think that like, I'm going to take this person home. Yeah. Regardless of what the outcome was, like who it was.
1: Yeah. No, well, I'm not sure. Like, I'm not sure like on what level of consciousness he knew that it wasn't really his son. I I kind of think it was subconscious. And I think on the very top level of his awareness i think he like forced himself to believe that it really yeah, was him um, I, I don't i don't, I don't th- think he i don't think he's like fully aware like oh this isn't my son but i'm going to take a stranger home and pretend that it is i think that like i think on on the very surface most layer he's like yeah this this could be him and, and is kind of operating well, I don't like think, that
0: yeah i don't think he was he he would i don't think he was doing it maliciously i think he was just holding on to the no, memory no. of his son that 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 you have some similarities, but I'm going to accept you as my son. I think you realized filled the because, gap in because when he first saw her at the police station, he was so upset, not mm-hmm. not not of relief, just like it's like he's got to go through it again. But but, you know, he wants to hold on to the memory of his son, wh- which to me This is how I read it is that he just wanted to hold on to the memory of his son so long that he was willing to see past everything else. Because when he got emotional in the police station, it was not of joy. Oh, my goodness. My son is alive. It's like I got to find any way to deal with this pain that I'm going through, you know, which was really deep for me. And it was an excellent scene. I thought I, I thought that scene was very pivotal of the movie.
3: The scene yeah. in the car too when he pulls over and he's like you haven't said a word he's like this is fucking and he breaks down it's like really good acting too. both that parts absolutely
1: I agree with you guys it's such an act of like desperation
3: yeah. it was mm-hmm. also the transformation scene of her trying to transform herself that isn't a comfortable scene like her breaking her own nose is fu- like she punches herself several times that doesn't work and then what does she do is she slams her face into the fucking counter and you know i already knew from this director like she's gonna fucking focus on it like we're gonna have to watch this i literally was like do i watch it like i all right i'll watch it like yeah i kind of want to see it i want to see what yeah. happens i feel here, like i'm but... gonna like shudder a little bit from seeing that blow so and to me like the
1: the visual aspect of it is not that disturbing but i feel, I feel like everything around that is so suggestive that i feel like the brains up. think that we saw something like between her acting of like the 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 way that she is like demonstrating pain is Mm. so, it feels so real. And then the sounds that we hear. So when she's first punching her own face, you hear this kind of like smack of skin on skin and that's bad enough. And and she kind of yelps with pain. But then when she smashes her face against the sink, like there's a crunching sound. And that was so stomach turning to me. And it made me feel like I had seen something graphic, even though I had not. Right. (laughs)
0: And she just went back. No, I I I agree. I think the realism of that was was the best thing about it because it's like you know you see a psycho slap himself in the face in like a number of horror movies or punch himself. He's like I'm fired up now. No, this girl fell down. It's just like I got to make myself look different because I think the previous scene was she was in like a subway or something like that. You see missing kids. And then I guess the picture of her was that she was a suspect in the murders, like immediately. And I thought like a wanted poster. Yeah, and I thought that, and she's like, "Oh shit, I've got to change this,"
3: you know. Mm
4: -hmm.
0: Yeah.
3: Mm -hmm. Uh, Just to go back, what did you guys think of like the uh, the scene where she massacres basically the roommates or whatever they are in that household after she kills Justine? Like, dope scene. Kills Justine and like, oh shit, there's witnesses.
0: That scene was awesome.
3: I thought it was really. It it was yeah, it was shot really interesting. Like she gets up, she grabs the fire poker, whatever. She's like, "I'm gonna fucking kill this guy." She has to kill him with a bar stool, which I've never. That was fucked up. (laughs) Then there's a witness, so she's like, she takes a minute to like sit on the bar stool, like I gotta catch my breath, and then she's like, "Holy shit!" Now I gotta go upstairs and kill this lady. And then that big guy shows up. Mm -hmm. She's like, "How many of you are there?" He he hugs (laughs) the guy. There's like an intimate scene where she like. I was like, holy shit, this scene's like going all over the place. Like, More the naked front.
2: people. Everybody yeah, in this apartment is just casually naked. But they're
3: French. They just, they're naked all the time. <laughs> but was, I thought.
1: That's what I thought. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I thought the
0: vulnerability of the way people died, because that's the way everybody dies in the movie, is that they're all vulnerable, naked. They're, yeah. They're, you well, know, they're the yeah, like guy.
3: the lady she kills was the- topless. The oh, first actually, guy, I know the, the first, first guy, guy
1: wo- who like leans in her car window mm-hmm. to
0: kiss her. Yeah, yeah, and he's like totally making out thinking that well, she's, he's
3: totally rapey. He, so. Well, he is
0: absolutely rapey. He's like he deserves to die, but I, I, mean, lines. I did like that ear, uh, the, uh, the 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 needle into the ear thing where it I love her like
2: yeah, her hairpin. Her oh, hair that was pretty that awesome yeah, I, I love was that, that actually. used that creative.
3: thing all the time. It was such a focal point, like it literally made noise whenever she grabbed it. Yeah. It was like a, like almost like a samurai sword, like right? Yes, yes, yes. Right? She pulled it and she put it back in her hair, and it was like her thing, right? And it and was like it to... after she killed the person, yeah. she would. And then like when her her new dad, like cleans her clothes or whatever, like he, he literally puts it, gives in it his back
1: mouth
4: to her. And he puts it in his mouth dude What's mm-hmm.
1: what she also used to try to give herself an abortion?
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that was uh, that was the
1: scene that I couldn't watch.
0: That yeah, was the uncomfortable song, scene for me. Was, I was she's, like, she's, she's sitting on the couch it. and she's leaking uh, motor, motor oil. oil.
3: We don't know what kind of motor oil. It could have been 10, 1030 or 1040. We don't know, but it doesn't
1: matter. You just really want to have like
0: car talk, don't you?
3: Yeah, welcome <laughs> to car talk. Brought to you by <laughs> kind of uh... I do want to bring
0: back that that other Tim Taylor. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um yeah. no, like like that first kill scene of the guy that was like trying to make out with her. I mean, he was totally creepy, but he's just yeah. like, I thought we had a connection and whatnot. But like, like he, he leaks all over, like she's so visceral in her shots, Julia was like with this, because you saw it like right eyes over go over her white. shoulder. Yeah, her her, her her it's all over her shoulder, and she has to go take another shower because she realizes that this dude's yeah. foam is all over her now.
3: That wasn't her first kill, right? Like, she's killed before. They had said on the news before that. Yeah. Maybe. That was the first one
2: that we saw. Yeah. Yeah. But we're led to believe that all these other people are her. Mm -hmm.
3: Because it would have been interesting if, like, after the first kill, that's what opened up her mind to, like, all of a sudden the car's hitting the door, calling, like, summoning her, right? Like, Mm -hmm. because it's almost like right after that kill is when she starts having the breakdown where, like, she's has sex with a car like it summons her into that room right, but yeah. i guess it was already something she was already going through anyway
4: yeah
1: they
3: never really tell you why why was she killing people like what was g- going on with her
1: we don't we don't know
3: yeah i think yeah i think that's the ambiguity of the movie yeah,
0: is that, is that you just like you know just you kind of assume that maybe having that accident when she was seven years old that mm-hmm. that's what kind of jarred it loose you know that, right that
3: back. i gotta go wee
1: wee Wee oh wee. my god! With the wee wee, I... <laughs> it's
0: like our fourth one today. That's like our fourth wee wee joke.
1: Quick story: Sorry. that scene where she where she kills the guy in the car and stabs the hairpin through his head, and his eyes roll back, and the foam comes out. um Joey walked through the room at that moment. He's a neurologist, and he walked through, and he was like. That's not what would happen.
0: Damn I'm it. Just, like, oh walking, man. But... <laughs> See, I was actually going to ask that question, Jack. That's really funny. You brought that up. I'd be like, you gotta ask Joey. If like you stab somebody in the ear and hit the like right part of the, like maybe the um, you know, what do they call the ear membrane or whatever and get know. it into the brain to where it's just like, it makes your mouth foam. Like, like you've got a uh, rabies or something like that. I wonder if that really happens. I guess not. He didn't not.
1: bother to illustrate what would happen, but he said, that's not what would happen. So I, that's what the, the neurologist says, <laughs> but it is interesting to look at. It is. it is, and I don't know. Like maybe what would really happen wouldn't make for a very good movie. So I'd rather probably watch, not. I'd rather watch Julia's interpretation of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Taton, <laughs> <Yeah. Same. laughs>
2: I mean, we're we're watching a movie in which a woman and
1: a car have a baby together. So we're not really here for realism, <laughs> you know. Yeah. He saw that part too, and then he, later on, he was like. So how did it end up? Did she give birth to like a mutant car baby and he said it like like he was joking? And I was like, yes, she did. Yes, she did. <laughs> you know, um, I was reading earlier
2: that part of the inspiration for this movie is the director was having nightmares in which she was giving birth to car parts. Really? Wow. Yes. Wow. And I was like, again, the trauma with the childbirth. I was like, you know, at least something good came out of her. Her well, birthing nightmares. <laughs> there,
0: you, there you go. Get and in she- the zone. O'Reilly's oh, I- oh, auto Um, Is she a mom? Is Julia a mom?
1: You know what? I don't know. Not that I know of. I, I don't know for sure. But in everything I've read about her, I haven't heard any mention of children.
0: That's interesting. Because if she's not, I think it makes it more of an interesting movie. Because, Jacqueline, you're a mom. Mm-hmm. I mean, does this kind of does it resonate with you like would you've seen
1: yeah i'm glad you asked that because i was actually thinking after you know I've, I've been reading a lot of people's like reactions and reviews and other people's thoughts on this and um a lot of people talk about the the body horror of her pregnancy as being like this kind of unprecedented thing in film and it's so disturbing nice. and people are really upset by it. and honestly like it didn't feel that like I mean, obviously it's extreme, but it didn't feel shocking to me in any way because the real-life experience of, like, pregnancy and childbirth can be so horrifying and, like, beyond what we think of as this, like, lovely, you know, sort of, like, idyllic experience, which it can be, but it can also be a fucking horror show. So, (laughs) um, I mean, I I could tell you guys stories that would just turn your hair white, so... um,
4: well, well, I,
2: I don't have I don't have kids I've never given birth um, nor will I that's not going to be a thing I experience in my life um, but just from being around other women who have gone through it and all that um, and just you know the female reproductive system in general is not pretty it's it's a Mm-mm. difficult painful messy thing from start mm-hmm. to finish and, it's
1: not like a delicate flower
2: Yeah, no, when it starts it's Horrific. When it ends, it's horrific. Like it's just a really difficult. It's
3: beautiful at the same time.
2: And so, anytime a horror movie tackles these themes, I feel like it's it's just a really great expression of just this human, like primal thing. And, And of course, like childbirth and the way our bodies are built, it's beautiful. But that's all anybody ever focuses on in society and it's like we can't talk about the ugliness and the scariness of it um so when we get movies like this that make space for that i think it's really valuable to that very important human experience
3: well, that's a right. great metaphor for this film it's a yeah. like, yeah. beautiful agree with you film more. that deals with horrible things just yeah. like you explained the pregnancy I, I, like
0: And Jacqueline, I don't mean to cut you off, but I I think Nicole made a great point is that, you know, simply you can watch a movie like a Cronenberg, The Fly, right? Mm -hmm. So you see this guy turn into a fly and it's horrific and it's just gross and you see sliminess. But I think when it comes to realism is that it's so visceral for even if you've never experienced and Jacqueline, you could speak on this better than anybody can is that it is real. This is real. You know, this is, this is what makes this movie uncomfortable. This is what makes this movie kind of, okay. So they exaggerate with the motor oil, you know, her having sex with a car and being impregnated by a vehicle. However, you know, impregnation real life, and you go through these things. And you brought up the fact that you know you get these stretch marks, and you you could put cocoa butter on it, but it's like it's tearing your skin on the inside, and yeah. it itches because your skin is stretching because you're carrying carrying life in yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, to be, that's more horrific of thinking about real life rather than you know, Hey, I can jump into a pod and then a fly's in there. And then I turn into this fly and then my body turns into a fly. Okay, fine. We can get past that. We're adults.
3: Her right. pregnancy was done definitely realistically. I mean, like the things that happened to her are realistic. They're just, instead of blood, motor oil was replaced or instead of milk, it was motor oil. Right. So like a, wo- a woman having a first time baby and seeing some blood or motor oil would be very scary, you know? It's well, it was ex- not. Seeing, it, she's not consulting with a doctor, or I didn't seeing, get
0: a. I didn't get a feeling of it. nine months. I got to accelerate. Well, yeah, we like, don't know how much time over a couple of yeah. days. So
3: yeah, well, she's having a, a car baby, so it's different.
0: Broom, vroom. Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: No, but Nicole, just going back to what you said, I, I, I'm so glad you said that, and I just, I couldn't agree more. Um, That it's like, I feel like the same thing kind of happens with other female, like other things related to the female body. Like there are movies where um women get periods right and i think a lot of audience members particularly male ones are like oh so oh i don't want to see that in a movie oh my gosh and it's like man up this is just like this is everyday experience for half of us and like it's it's just a fact of life and it's not a disgusting thing it's not extreme it's just a natural is, thing that happens yeah. and like can you just fucking deal with it please some men can not even
3: hear the p word
1: yeah uh I and first. and I, mm. I think that's kind of how i feel about like mm. childbirth mm. and and pregnancy as well but they're not like those things are not really presented realistically and authentically very often in films they're kind of like idealized and romanticized and this beautiful thing and you're and as you already said which it is but i'll tell you something like every person I know who has ever given birth out of all of those people that I've ever spoken with about it I would say at least eight out of ten of them and I'm being like conservative here have some kind of like horrific story or something Mm -hmm. involving Mm -hmm. a lot of pain and a lot of bodily trauma that I think as a whole, society thinks of as like, oh, these fluke things happen sometimes. And sometimes things get, you know, with childbirth and sometimes people have complications and all this. I would say it's the norm rather than the exception to the rule for really traumatic, complicated, and like not smooth occurrences to happen in pregnancies and childbirth. And so it's like making that like normal and like making us see that and making us talk about it is like, okay, let's make this not such a taboo thing anymore. So I agree with Nicole. I appreciate that anytime somebody does that.
2: And that's something that I've sort of learned as just like a real-life application now. When I'm close enough to somebody who has just had a baby, I've gotten used to, instead of just asking, like, how's the baby? I'm like, how are you? How are you feeling? What do you need? And I've gotten back some really honest answers from some of my friends and family who are like, this was really terrible. This thing happened and it was really scary. Uh right now I don't have this. I need this. And so um I feel like when you understand that this is both a beautiful but a very difficult thing, and you're you're willing to to hear about it, people are, are willing more willing to to share and not just kinda suffer silently like, oh nobody wants to hear this, you know.
1: Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Like, like, we're well, still I'm kind of stuck of in this, thing. like, 1950s mentality where, like, you don't say it out loud and stuff like that. Sorry, <laughs> right. John, I interrupted you.
0: Oh, no, no, no. I, it, it's fine, Jacqueline. You could speak on this better than anybody. I mean, the thing was, is I was an EMT in the Air Force for four years. So it's like I get to experience uh, med surge and I got to go to peds and all this other kind of stuff. I saw an episiotomy. You know, and, and just again, I cannot sympathize. I can't. I can't say yes, Jacqueline. I've been through that. I understand what you're going through, but I've seen it in real life. That I'm not going to say what it is, but it is one of the most horrific things you will absolutely witness. But you've got to be there to help birth this baby because maybe the baby's too big, and and it's like, you know, real life is more horrific than any horror movie could ever be. You know, and again, you know, uh, a postpartum depression, that's a
3: real thing. Um, yeah. Most people know, don't even realize they're going through it sometimes. Absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. The way a woman feels when her body is pregnant, even though it's the most wonderful feeling that you're going to give birth to a child to bring another life into this world. But but you don't understand. I, I don't. I'm I'm not saying that I do, but I empathize with it, that it's what your body goes through. You know, the stretch marks, just just, just the way it's like oh my gosh I can't get around like I used to it's just unbelievable to me and you know get, getting back to this movie I thought it brought a lot of realism to it because of yeah. the fact that she had to wrap her body up uh, uh, just to hide this and every time she would take the wrap off she'd be just, just in so much pain mm-hmm. because she's got to push everything back and it's like oh man you you, you kind of feel for her even as yeah. yeah. when well,
1: I think adding to the horror is the fact that in this story with Alexia as well as just in real life pregnancy and childbirth are things that are kind of happening outside of your control like once you're pregnant your body is gonna do what it's gonna do and that growing baby is gonna do what it's gonna do and you don't have any control over it um and you don't get any control really over the birth it's like nature is going to take its course. It's almost mm-hmm. like it's happening separately from you. And that's, I think, a really scary feeling to feel like you're separated from your body.
3: You're um, like the vessel.
1: Yeah. Yes, but I'm it's just... like your your identity as a human is is like yeah. separate from the body that is doing this thing. And um, that's like, I think, unsettling and alarming. And I think, and, and you know, you said, oh, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, the, at least the aspect of knowing that you're going to give birth to this baby i think for alexia it was that part was horrifying too she didn't i don't think she wanted to be pregnant and i think she wasn't like looking forward to like bringing life into the world and being a mother she wasn't like picking out baby clothes and thinking of names she was like oh fuck i gotta hide this thing i i gotta deal with this pain like it was all just like everything about it was negative and and like i think scary
3: well it's so weird because she's trying to hide it from her relationship with her new father or whatever but also because she's also trying to hide the fact that she's having she knows that she's having like a metal baby or like she knows there's weird <laughs> things going on with her body besides just pregnancy so yeah. she's trying to hide both of those and it's so i don't know it's sort of engrossing to watch that you know, watch her go through that and she does eventually i feel like she she goes along with it i feel like she she comes to grips with it
4: Mm-hmm, at the mm-hmm. very end,
3: you know? And then, like, having him there to help her, like mm-hmm. like you said, Nicole, where he turns around and comes back to help her is, like, yeah. a really moving moment, I feel like.
2: Yeah, I think that's the film probably one of the most powerful things ab- about this movie, like we already discussed, where we, we thought super horrible things were going to happen, and yeah. it actually ended in kind of a, you know, a, like a tender, beautiful way. Thought, yeah. So mm-hmm. that almost was more shocking than if, like... You know, yeah, a Terminator baby would have come out of her.
3: Yeah, it's so much better that it was like just a human baby with like a metal spine or something. And
1: you're yeah, like oh, okay, we we can deal with this. Can, yeah, can, yeah. But did
3: that. you see the med- the baby had a plate mm-hmm. on yep. along the long skull, right? Just like yeah, along. I didn't
1: notice that. Yeah, I just yeah, noticed the, the, the spine.
3: Also, oh, back. yeah, I guess like, I did see that. Yeah, when she stabbed, I I'm I'm under the impression that she stabbed all her victims in the ear, the same ear that basically where she had her plate.
4: Oh, good like she, boy.
3: She stabbed a couple of victims and she stabbed Justine in the ear also, or she tried to.
2: Yeah, and she ended up stabbing her through the face. Which was very
0: under- yeah. scene.
3: Shirt did Justine she stab herself or did she scratch herself
0: at that point? Because I know that when she was trying to do this self-abortion with the metal thing, is that when
3: that happened? What do you mean? What? Uh
0: when when she was trying to abort the baby. Um, I'm I'm trying to be that's not what I was sensitive. talking about
3: when she when she did when she killed her victims. She right, right. But but ear. did she
0: stab herself in the belly or was she just scratching
3: so much? No, she was sticking she that up her vagina. Yes, no, but when, but
2: when she's when later when there's the hole, I think it's just because she's been scratching oh, yeah, her she, stomach yeah. so much. Right.
3: right. Yeah, so I, I
0: think I think Hyderberg, uh, I think you make a great point of like you see the metal part is that is that when she was trying to abort the baby.
3: I don't know. You're totally going in a different direction than what I was saying.
0: Well, no, no, no. That like, like her stomach, right? So she's yeah. scratching her. St- did she ever stab her stomach? Because I, I thought you made it a great point of stabbing somebody in the ear or or yeah. in the head.
3: know I, I was just wondering no. if there's any correlation that when she stabs her victims, it has to do anything with her metal plate, like because she's stabbing them in the ear. Yeah, but the baby also has a metal plate, right? Mm-hmm.
1: It does. Yeah, no, I no, don't. I don't, don't think she. I don't think that. she stabbed herself.
3: Okay. No. no. I don't think so either. I think she was sort of doing like, not to be like nasty, but like, you know, that coat hanger fucking. Yeah. Yeah. That's and what she was doing. I think
2: too. maybe also that didn't work because no. she already had that like metal layer womb, mm-hmm. you know, because later when we see that, oh, yeah, yeah, her womb is metal.
3: And because I did wonder,
2: I did wonder about that. I was like, "Well, how, why? How is she still pregnant?" And then later, when we saw that she had the metal womb, I was like, "Oh, I bet everything already had that metal layer of protection,
1: and that's why it yeah. didn't work." That's a good point. I hadn't put that together, yeah. but you're, I think you're probably right. Yeah, you know,
0: I, I was actually really stupid. Like when she actually did pass away after giving childbirth, and her her head that that where the scar was split open, and I saw metal. I'm like. Wait, did she become a Terminator too? And then I went, "Duh!" She got in the car accident. She had yeah, the she titanium had thing that. in her head. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Oh God!" Okay, but the fact on. that
3: motor oil leaked out of there too—it you know, was like definitely. Yeah, that's true. He
1: gets that from his dad. This is in an bed.
3: interesting film, regardless of how <laughs> you like. <laughs> I really like her. I like this director, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. you know He's this. Talented this this whole pregnancy in this story gave me some like rosemary's baby vibes
3: i was gonna say that it's one of your favorite films it's my
1: number one favorite film of all time and it's like it kind of creates this feeling of what am i going to give birth to which i think taps Mm -hmm. into another real fear that's like in real life you're like is everything okay are there going to be any defects is the baby going to be healthy what's going to happen that like you're already anxious about that for 40 weeks um, but in, in movies like this It's really played up It's like what is going to come out of there
4: yeah. We don't know we You, so don't, you don't know, know until know it happens anything,
1: You can never know It's crazy Yeah.
0: Do you, and I don't mean to be crass about this Do you think there's a correlation with her Getting it on with the Cadillac before And her getting on with the uh, fire truck later in the movie Is there a correlation between that like maybe a trust
3: thing or something. Hmm. She worked Where, with the Cadillac. Like that was specifically, it seemed like the car that she performed on every night.
0: Right. And she was she was um tied up in that. And she worked with Wh- the Whereas she was, every day. I guess, more in the dominant position. And, and again, I'm not trying to be gross about this or no, no. It's cool. Um, that she was more like on top or up rather I also than noticed- submissive.
3: She hadn't had sex at all during the whole film, but she did that dance on top of the fire truck, right? Where she started coming in contact with her femininity again. She started dancing like, you know, feminine, her dancing, like she was touching herself. And then after that same night is when she had sex with the fire truck. So Mm -hmm. I feel like she had pushed a lot of that down to pretend like she was Adrian and she had, you know, kind of come back. It came back to her that night. And, you know, I think that's a good. I think women are horny. You know, that's a fact. So,
2: it <laughs> like uh, it's like she sort of returned to her kind of yeah. former life. She was able to kind of be who she used to be.
3: So she had a little fling with the fire truck. Yeah, and I just like a hot some- firefighter, right? I mean, seriously.
1: Something I loved about that scene is watching those men get more and more uncomfortable
4: while Man. she was dancing. They were asking yeah. for What were that, they asking for? It? That they whole scene. To
2: that whole scene was weird because when yeah. it we I don't remember what scene was before it, but when we like smash cut to that like fireman rave, it was very strange. <laughs> I, I don't that, understand huh? what they're doing. Yeah. It reminded me a little bit. There were lots of little nods in this. I think to other f- New French Extremity. That was the Calvaire dancing scene.
3: I haven't seen that movie yet. It's so it's been a
1: long time since I saw it.
3: Can you send
1: me a link there's to a, watch a, it? Uh, maybe. I
3: haven't, it. I haven't seen. I li- haven't watched. I haven't it seen it in like, a long
1: time,
2: time. But there's there's a scene where like the villagers are all together in this little tavern, and there's this very strange music being played on the piano, and they're all dancing in a very <laughs> weird like way that you're just like this. I don't understand this, and I felt the same way about this fireman the scene. Army. It's not quite as odd, but I was like. This is strange.
1: This is, I mean, just, I don't know.
3: Is that what I, firefighters do in their free time?
1: I used to be married to a firefighter, and I have to say, like, never once did I witness anything like that. I don't know because if he, he was keeping it, it from guys. me.
3: Yeah.
1: What?
3: He did it with the other guys. That's fine.
1: Yeah, I guess no girls it, allowed. I don't know maybe was that's very, what he was doing on those overnight shifts, but.
0: Well, both um, of those scenes were very homoerotic because when they, they were, with, were. when When she started dancing, very feminine. That's when they got uncomfortable they were like it
3: was weird like they put her up there and then chanted like to do something as if like hey we wanted Adrian to dance now he dances fairly. well I think
2: maybe it was like maybe like they took like they took turns like doing some kind of like you know cool guy solo dance whatever a a yeah. But, yeah and then I guess you know she's like well I'm a professional dancer yeah this is what I do and they're like yeah.
1: oh,
3: And then dad shows up and he's sort of like, he doesn't stop it right away. He's sort of like looking at it. No. And then he just walks away. Because he's like, I know you're a woman. Yeah. He's
1: like, that's my son.
3: (laughs) This movie started getting into some subject matter where I was just like, I'm feeling a little uncomfortable. I don't know how to feel about this.
1: There was
2: some stuff going on. Um, I think this was a, a lower point, but there was definitely some like gender stuff going on kind of all over the place like like the dad who's very masculine he has this pink tiled (laughs) very feminine bathroom Hmm. and um there were a couple other things i noticed like whenever adrian gets on the bus like he's he gets on the bus and he's gonna i guess flee Mm -hmm. um there are some guys hassling a woman
0: I remember that yeah like, like, and they, they're very crass about what they're gonna say yes. they're gonna do to and her and she like, keeps her.
2: looking at adrian like are you gonna help me out bro like are you gonna say something to these guys and she keeps looking at him and it cuts to he's off the bus yep
3: exactly. adrian's he's off the bus stop. yes he yeah. goes back to get his he forgot his fucking sewing thing yeah so i right, was like I like maybe he would have done something had he had that on him but
1: may- you guys maybe suddenly switched to calling her he
3: yeah. Well, at that moment, <laughs> yeah. it was a he, right? Like that's what, that's what the well, woman on the bus perceived him as.
0: That's
1: what she perceived him, but she still, she
3: still. No, the woman on
0: the bus perceived perceived, perceived her, her to be a man.
3: Alexia exactly.
2: A man. So I thought it was interesting that when when Alexia, yeah, she's she's female, but this woman on the bus thinks she's mm-hmm. looking to a man to help her, mm-hmm. and when Alexia is like confronted with that, hey, will you help me? And she's put in this position of being in the role of a man she's like i'm out like yeah i don't want to deal with this so Mm. i just found that interesting there's lots of little Mm. like gender things like that that i thought were interesting
1: yeah so a quote that i read from um julia in an interview one of one of her quotes says it's about being like she's talking about this film as a whole and she says it's about being able to shed any representation or social construct that goes with gender
3: okay so like motherhood and and being a son being a daughter being a man and a woman
1: yeah i i think she's just like stripping away the boundaries between yeah. all those things and they're kind of like all mm-hmm. weaving together yeah i think it definitely it's an interesting that. film mm-hmm. Isn't it, that that's that's the concluding sentence <laughs> it's, it's an interesting film
0: oh boy yeah <laughs> a well, lot of
3: themes at play here it's hard to just like you can't just put a fucking title on like oh it's just like it's this you know yeah, this no, you're a right. Complex film.
1: Yeah, so uh, that's why I keep going I back to, watch to this it again. idea of like these puzzle pieces to fit together. And John, I think you said earlier something about like I'm not sure, like maybe it bears rewatching. Maybe I'd figure some more stuff out. I think definitely this movie needs a second watch at least. Um, the more we,
0: the more that I've talked to Hyderberg, Jacqueline, and Nicole, I, I I actually do feel like I do need to see it again at least one more time just to see if there's anything that I missed because again this this movie to me doesn't suck this movie is not a bad movie in any means it's just a really hard watch it's it's real it's like what Julia did with his movie is just kind of like 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 even with raw it felt cinematic like this just felt like
3: real I, I don't felt know. real to me too
0: yeah well it, it did but...
3: raw that like fucking get you well yeah that's, that's true acting scene no no spoilers well, but... oh my yeah that's true
1: <laughs> the actress who plays Justine in both movies Garance yeah. yeah. Millier I'm, I'm sorry I, I I my French pronunciation sucks um but I don't think she's the same character but yeah. it's the same actress and she has the same name but mm-hmm. I, I think they're different characters um poor garance like she just gets her body fucked up all the time like Mm. in (laughs) raw it was her her bikini wax and her brazilian bikini wax that just was going awry and (sighs) then here alexia gets her hair caught in her nipple ring and rips it out
3: like that was the girl that was justine that was that was the main character from raw yes that was the same actress Oh, and, then, like she up, and, the and, and then, then she hooks up with, no, with no, the same the name, oh right? And her sister in Raw. I did not her know her name that. in Raw was yeah. Alex, right? So, it the main Alexia, character yeah. in this one is Alexia, also. Mm-hmm. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did not know. Have that. you seen Raw? Uh,
2: I haven't seen it.
3: Whoa. Oh, to, oh, sorry. You should watch Raw. Girls'
2: Weekend. <laughs> I know. We're, we're doing Stack it. up. this movie,
3: or you like. No, John, what are you kidding me?
0: The movie's awesome. It's a really good film.
3: Ra- i sorry. It's not like a fucking fun watch, but it's a good film.
1: <laughs> Are you sold yet?
0: I, yes, Hyderberg, I agree. I mean, it's a fantastic film, but okay.
2: Continue. That used to be my jam, but like it, I've I feel like I've kind of moved. Though. I've moved on from the time when I want to watch really difficult things. It doesn't mean I won't, but I'm a little more hesitant than I used to be. So, like, I've been aware of *Raw* for a long time um and especially now that the same director has come out with this movie i i've i've been feeling like i i first of all i love french horror and it's directed by a woman so i've been meaning to visit it because i feel like i need to i just i just haven't because i know it's a difficult it's gonna be a difficult
3: watch so nicole some scenes that go ahead jack
1: Oh, no, finish. You were you're already mid-sentence. I'm just
3: saying there's just some scenes that are just they're shot a certain way the way that, yeah, they're just like tough to watch, but you'll get to it. You have a strong stomach.
1: Yeah, I, Nicole, I, I don't will. I also, given, given your horror fandom, I don't think it's going to be like in the yeah. top tier of like most difficult things that, that you've seen. Um, I think you could probably safely group it in with films like Ginger Snaps and other coming of age films. I mean, mm-hmm. there's like s- there's like some little twists and stuff to it but I, I don't think it's gonna i don't think it's gonna do you in
0: um, yeah the two movies we're never gonna do on here are a serbian film and solo or maybe even august underground those are the three movies we will oh never do. that was gonna I'm be my next pick well, are, we are we not
1: doing that we're not doing august underground no
0: we're not doing not one two or three so no i don't
3: august know kids. what those are so, oh what, well, so what you're saying is that human centipede is still on the table we could still oh yeah, that. absolutely. Oh, I have okay.
1: thoughts about that, but oh
3: no, So do I. I've never
1: seen, <laughs> All
3: three <laughs> of them. I've
0: only seen. I've only seen the,
1: first, seen the first
0: two. Um, you haven't seen anyone... the third one? Don't watch it.
1: <laughs> I've heard it's just really bad. But Nicole, like yeah, my boy. point is, um, I th- I think Raw is like a more kind of accessible and sort of more normal film than this yeah. one.
3: It is a coming of like, age, like less art.
1: weird. So yeah, agreed. okay, agreed.
3: Yeah, you, I don't you, think you it's... can handle it. Yeah, it's not it's something fun. that when you watch it it's
0: it's got the uncomfortableness of this movie but it's not like god it's yeah it's not exploitative like
2: yeah it's still uh, doable
3: uh, yeah yeah, yeah, for sure for
1: and it fucks yep it fucks um so julia decor now has talked about how she doesn't call her films horror films she calls them genre films and i think that that's reasonable considering Mm -hmm. i feel like there's a lot of different styles and tones and and things that are happening in these films um especially this one i think raw is like closer to horror Mm
3: -hmm. than
1: this one is like i
3: it's like a family drama
1: yeah like i don't know that labels are so important but i mean if you're trying to like sell somebody on it i i don't know that i would even call it like a horror film i mean i think there are some like horrific details about it but Hyderabad, like you, I kind of think of it mostly as like a a drama.
3: Yeah, with yeah, body I body.
1: completely agree with that. When
2: I was watching it, maybe about halfway through, I was like, "Is this even really a horror movie?" Like, I don't, I don't know. I I agree with you, Jacqueline. I don't ne- feel the need to put labels on everything, but I was like, I don't, you know, this doesn't really sit squarely in horror.
1: No, I think I think it, I think it did for me.
0: Yeah, I think it did for me only for the simple fact that it horrified me more than it made me
3: yeah.
0: feel. I mean, and I did feel for it because it, there were a lot of tender moments oh, in wow. this. There, um, but I felt more horrified by this movie. Just
4: Interesting.
0: In, in in my opinion.
4: yeah, I
0: thought there
3: was a lot more to it was just the like, wow. After, right? What's that? The nudity. It horrified you.
1: <laughs> oh. Very upsetting
0: to John
3: wasn't. No, I'm just kidding. But uh no, I definitely it was think... necessary in this
0: movie by the way. Yeah, no, it was totally sorry necessary,
3: honestly. Yeah. Um I think there's there's so many subgenres in horror that like I think this film definitely sits more ca- like comfortably in the horror genre, like in the horror genre than any other genre. But it definitely has elements of drama and yeah, it's it, like you could you could probably watch this and not be a horror fan and still enjoy the film because there's a lot of a lot of subjects going on the themes that touch on real life things that are not outlandish, you know? Yeah. Yeah. She has a metal baby, but (laughs) outside of that, there's like, you know, there's like people struggling with real life struggles. You're like losing a child or having a child. And like, it's a circle of life sort of deal, you know, with like, she's having a child, he's lost one. And at the very end, he gained a new child, you know, and he's Mm -hmm. willing to, to take care of it i mean at died. the end
2: of the day isn't that really what horror is for to yeah. help us cope with the difficult things in life
3: Yeah, you know? it is some people yeah. get upset I with life and they go home and watch a woman cut her head off with piano wire and some people fucking <laughs> watch yeah, it mean, become,
0: you but... go into a house and it says and what's get out!" Point? you get the fuck out you know
1: don't stay yeah. out hope differently but like at its at its heart to me this movie is about the the relationship between Alexia and Vincent and mm-hmm. like her like becoming more human and learning to like actually love someone and care mm-hmm. about someone and for him it's about like accepting a loss and accepting another human in his life, just as they are. Yeah. And uh, John, I think you, earlier you called it a symbiotic relationship or something. But I it's did. like, they're both, ge- oh, sorry, Hyderberg. The, they're both giving something and they're both getting something. And yeah. that's like, and like them starting at their, that, at their respective starting points and coming closer to each other until they get to this place of love and acceptance. To me, like that's what it's about. And all the horror, elements are kind of just like lace on the dress like they're just kind of dressing up it's like just like yeah. added style it's like icing on the cake but I, I don't know it's like I watched it as a drama mostly yeah. and like that's that's how I was able to enjoy it especially because I watched it twice and the first time I watched it expecting a horror film and I felt a little like let down by it. Like, oh, I kind of wanted to be like more horrified, I guess. But the second time around, I knew what to expect, and I so I just watched it as if I were watching a drama, and kind of let the the little ele- the other elements, kind of just come at me, I guess. But, um, but I, I I think it's it defies genre to to an extent. But for me. It worked as a drama, especially because as we talked about before, the like horrific elements of her pregnancy or whatever feel so real to my own experience. They're just like slightly exaggerated, like Heidelberg said before. So that's that's just how I felt about it.
3: That's good to know though, that the film does uh, portray pregnancy in such a realistic manner that someone that's gone through it several times can relate to it, you know. And I don't know if she's Julia has kids, like you said, maybe she doesn't, but man, she definitely directed those scenes well.
1: Yeah, like if she doesn't have kids and I don't know how she was able to, like, maybe from talking to her friends who have given yeah. birth and told their stories that and none of it that most exploited. people don't get to hear. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so um, yeah, it's a fucking horror show. So that's You guys want to review this sucker? Yes. Yeah. All right. Hydroburg, you go first <coughs> since it was
3: your pick. All right, I'll go first. Um, some pros I got. This is a beautifully shot film, like from the get go. The first scene, like I just man, like the camera angles, the shots, the settings and the cinematography it is I like I like the color palette for most things. Like there's a blending of like realistic flesh tones mixed with like the, the fire from the car and like highlights, even when she's doing the firefighting things like when that scene when they're in the fire in the woods and there's like the light from the fire behind like it's just all shot really well. And I just like I just love the her work. Like, I'm just I'm really looking forward to any more movies she puts out to me. honest, like, I'm definitely on board with anything. And is role like her first film?
4: Mm hmm.
3: OK, yes. I was going to say if there's more to watch. I'll go back and I'll watch before that.
1: No, this is this is only her All second right. film. Yeah, she's
3: definitely one of the ones to watch, in my opinion. Um, and I just love the way she captures drama in a scene like she she lingers on what's important in the scene and she just like washes over you in a good way as a viewer, like it affects you and you're left like thinking about it after. And that's what a good film is. I thought about raw after I saw it and that's why I picked it. And I'm going to think about this film until I watch it again, too. Like, definitely. Uh, It also kept me surprised the script. Um, I didn't know what was going to happen next. You know, there are moments where I was just like, I don't know if I'm on board with this film yet. Like, I don't know what's going on, but Every fucking moment, something would happen, like the switch, the tone switches in the middle. It's a totally different film at some point. But I was with it. I was still like, what's going to happen to Alexia? Like, what's going on? Who's this Vincent guy? What's he going through? Like. Their connection together is like, it's odd, but I'm with it, you know, and I was just like, I don't know. It it never felt like overdone. And I just it it was like a testament to the, the directing and the acting like it just held me the whole time. And I just wanted to know what would happen up until the end. Um, and I, although confusing, I, you know, the ending a little bit, like I was still enthralled. And like I said, it's just a testament to the the craft of the filmmakers. Uh, pacing was a little up and down at some points. I, I will find at this, this film was an hour and 48 minutes. I don't know if I would say that it should be shorter. I just feel like though. I do feel like pacing was a little bit of an issue. There were a couple of points where I was just, a, I, I felt like the beginning had a pace to it, that the ending, the middle and the end don't have as much. It slows down a little bit. And I could see people, you know, that could be a gripe. I, um, overall though, I think a second watch is going to help with that. Um, the film's a little confusing, the, the themes. Um, I'm definitely, I, I feel better having talked about it with you guys though. So I don't want to ding it too much for that anymore. Uh, I think a rewatch is going to like definitely help out with that. I don't know that I'm going to rewatch it like anytime soon. Kind of want to let it digest and watch something lighthearted before I watch this again. And the ending, uh, like at, at first, I don't know. It wasn't, I just watched this today, right? So it's so digesting. I don't know that the ending was as satisfying as like, I don't know. Like the ending to Raw to me had a punch to it that I liked. And the first time I saw it, I liked it. It sat with me. This one. Not as much, but I do like, like we've talked about the humanity of the full film and like the Vincent coming to grips with the baby and like, you know, like this not being his son and him taking over for the baby. And like, I do feel like that does sit with me a little bit better now. Like, you know, it was like a circle of life sort of thing. And I don't know. I think the ending's better than I anticipated or than I thought it would be when I first saw it. Like it kind of, I was I've been thinking about it and i think with time I'll, I'll enjoy it even more um so with that said i'm gonna give titane 7.5 out of 10 lube jobs
1: hmm. <laughs> all right I'd that said, i you- do think
3: i can increase that score at some point with a second watch but on my initial reaction 7.5 seems fair to me
1: that's yeah. a decent score but I tell you what, I've been laughing ever since you sang that AutoZone song or whatever it was. <laughs> you with the car metaphors. All right. All right. 7.5 out of 10 lube jobs. Nicole. Um,
2: so I have definitely enjoyed this conversation quite a bit. Uh, it has helped me, I think, digest this movie, much like Hyderberg. Um, and I love a movie that you can have a good conversation about. So, points for that. Um, I think, to some extent, this movie is more style than substance. And not that there isn't substance here, because there is a lot. Um, but there's an article I read that said that this movie is more about the feeling that you get than the answers that you get. And I, I definitely agree with that. Um I definitely think that it does have a lot to say, but it doesn't get super specific about it, um, which I am, I love a good ambiguous movie and an ambiguous ending where I do, I have to think about it, but I, I probably would have liked just a little bit more clarity on, on some things, just like, just a little bit more motivation, um, but at the same time, I feel like not having all the answers spelled out has given us great discussion, Um I was pretty uncomfortable watching the first like third of it, um, and I mean, we've all watched some really uncomfortable horror movies, but this one was inc- uncomfortable in like a different way. <laughs> um, and I don't know if I will revisit it. If I if I do, it'll be a ways down the road. Like it will not be anytime soon. Um, but I did find it to be visually beautiful movie. Um, like one of the things I really liked was her get up at the car show when we first meet her. And she's got like the neon fishnets and her makeup's really dramatic. And she's got like the cool hair. Um, I thought all that was, was really, really beautiful. Um, and the unexpected relationship between Alexia and Vincent was, it just really, it really moved me and it was so unexpected. Um, And I've mentioned New French Extremity several times already. But I do feel like there are a few of those films that tend to do that. They shift kind of in the middle to something else and give you something unexpected. And so I was really happy to see that in this movie. Like, it made me feel a little bit like I didn't know where I was. And then when that happened, I was like, okay, I feel like I'm, like, home again. And I felt more comfortable once we made that shift to that storyline. And I found myself... uh, more readily engaging with it, where before I was a little bit hesitant, like, I don't know if I want to like get into this movie. It's making me feel weird. Um, so, yeah, I just found sort of the initial uneasiness morphing into a loving relationship between the two of them to be really beautiful. Um, and I think part of the part of the weird stuff going on with the two of them is just due to the fact that they're both such broken people. And they're broken in different ways. And in normal life, they would probably never cross paths or have a relationship. And so I think that's where some of that initial just awkwardness comes from. And to just see them both kind of like move closer towards each other um, is really, really impactful. Um, So anyway, subjectively, I don't know if I can really say that I like like this movie. Um, But I don't think it's a bad movie either like by any stretch of the imagination. Like we talked about, it's not something I could just casually recommend to most people. There are even horror fans I know that I could not um, recommend this to. Um, So it is a hard one to rate because, you know, I feel like I have to stay true to my own taste and my own perspective, but I also want to be really fair because it's a movie that was obviously made with a ton of creativity and care and has some important things to say. So um, I'm going to give it... Seven out of ten lube jobs. All right.
3: That was my original score. I bumped it up to a 7.5 after this discussion.
2: Oh, half star for the
1: (laughs) Abos.
3: I don't have a code like Justin.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Heiderberg has no code.
3: I'm codeless. No code. (laughs) John gives a negative point, a half star for having Yabos in a film. Oh, Jesus.
1: John is Yabophobic.
0: (laughs) Oh, you'd be surprised by my score. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's hear your score, Birthday Boy. Right. Um uh, can't say I totally enjoyed this movie. Uh made me feel very uncomfortable, but you guys brought up some really good points that, let's say you took the horrific um, themes out of this movie. Could this not be in an Academy Award winning movie? Seriously, the themes of it, the mm-hmm. acting, the, the uh, cinematography of this movie. I mean, honestly, I think this movie could be an Academy Award winner. You take this Horrific thing but you take two broken people You bring them together if that's the theme Of your movie yeah And there's something tragic that happens At the end however this person The other person that's broken accepts This tragedy and moves on You know with the way of life I guess Um, you could Absolutely do that it'd be considered Considered an academy award Why this woman was not nominated At all even for like original Screenplay blows my fucking mind because it's like this is one of the most original horror movies that i've ever seen in my life i cannot compare it to anything uh nicole you said it yourself it's would i show this to anybody absolutely not i wouldn't say hey come check this one out you want to see a horror movie look at this one i wouldn't even say to somebody that you, you know that wants to see a drama but if you're interested and you have the stomach this movie is fantastic we didn't talk about the score. The score was actually yeah. really good and perfectly placed throughout the movie. There's a very pivotal scene in the movie that we didn't talk about. Going back to the drama is there's a uh, a kid, maybe a teenage kid, 20 year old kid that overdoses. Um, you know, um, Alexia. And what's his name again? I'm sorry. I'm Vincent. bad with Vincent. Vincent. So say so they go to this woman's house and this guy, this kid had overdosed. This mom is so upset that she has a heart attack that Vincent walks walks Alexia through doing CPR and saves the Macarena the, uh, the Macarena absolutely and as silly Amazing as that scene. was
3: you're
0: right we didn't touch on that it, it, and as, as silly as that was and you know don't let the you know saying it in french and macarena yeah, and saves this woman's life and it was just like wow that was a really pivotal part of the movie it was yeah um i don't know i i, I mean i thought about this movie a lot I don't hate it i don't think it's terrible this movie's actually really really good and if you've got the stomach for it and you can handle it i say fucking watch it just bear down and watch it so i'm gonna give it a uh 8.5 out of 10 noob jobs
1: <laughs> all right 8.5 out of 10 I get surprised okay by boy. that one by
0: my text messages
1: yes i am i am
3: you're
1: you're a tricky one you always try to like throw us off the scent and then hit us with a surprise i I do but but the
0: thing the the thing was is that this movie was wonderful i mean it's it's really hard to watch and it's hard to like what is it you know is this gonna go in the annals of like one of the best horror movies of all time maybe but i mean it was so different it was so you know you're making me
3: want to up my score all right
0: go ahead
3: there's still time yeah, give me, an eight. me oh, give an eight. Oh, okay, all right. I'm gonna give it an eight. Yeah. How about eight. Nicole?
0: Do you do you want up uh, yours yet?
2: No, I'm gonna stand. <laughs> I'm gonna not, not gonna be influenced. Don't succumb stand. to peer
3: stand. pressure, Nicole. <laughs> yeah, I stand just, like, strong. You know the 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 points that John makes are like that macaroni scene. I forgot about that scene. Like that's a there's some great drama in this film, and like mm-hmm. that's a scene that connects those two characters mm-hmm. really well. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a, like a turning point for them. Right. That well, and, right there. And, uh, and that's doing. And in
2: Alexia, I mean, she saved somebody else's life. She started exactly. someone else. And I think that was that brought yep. back a little piece of her humanity.
3: And then mm-hmm. she kind of starts like actually contributing to being a firefighter. Like she gets into it a little bit, like it's a new turning point for her life, even though we know that she's kind of a shitty person before that. Kind of. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, she is. She's a serial she's a killer. killer. I mean, like <laughs> No, character so, for sure. Yeah.
1: So John, all just right. a little a trivia to insert here uh, because it's relevant. So this film actually won the top prize at the Cannes Film Festival last year. Really? The, the Palme d'Or, which is like the highest achievement in French. all of cinema, basically. Um, yeah. Wait, so wait. It, it it won the Palme d'Or, which is huge. Um, Julia de now is only the second woman to ever... direct a movie that won the Palme d'Or the first one was like 28 years ago that's Um, amazing Jane Campion won the uh, she was the first female director to win for the piano in like 1990 something in the 90s and so this is the this is only this is the only other film that has been directed written and directed by a female that's that's won that prize and so France made this film their official submission to be considered for the oscars for like france's international you know they have the international film category i guess each country gets one selection that they can submit and this was what france submitted for oscar consideration didn't make the shortlist for best international film here's what i say
0: to the oscars because they didn't do shit for horror this year there were so many good movies nobody cares yeah, fuck them.
1: Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm I used I'm to, better. I used to put a lot of better. stock in the Oscars, and now I just don't really.
3: How do I you, how don't. do you have a film like *Hereditary* and not give it any nominations?
0: Well, or even, even like, I don't know. We, we talked about this, hey, Nicole. Have you seen *Last Night in Soho*?
2: Not yet, not oh my yet.
0: God, okay. Well, the only thing I'll bring up with that is the cinematography is beautiful. It didn't even get nominated. Editing, It
1: definitely should have. Fashion design. Well, well, hey, design hey, I
0: hey, no, no, Nicole has not seen it yet, so I know, I'm just saying uh, things at the. But film you can watch. Yeah, you can watch the trailer and say. Cinematography is yeah. beautiful. That's so, one of those yeah. that, like, yeah, right. I was
2: gonna go see it in the theater, and like, before I could, like, you know, put my coat on to get out the door, it, it was gone. It
3: yeah, I wish you could. That's a damn
2: shame. Yeah, yeah.
3: Oh, I was so. That's crazy. another
2: soapbox to to be on, but anyway, that's I, I recommended
3: uh, I in yeah. right now. So. <laughs> and that's why
0: we got to go to Jacqueline with her rating of. <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> I'm just gonna let you guys talk it out.
0: <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead, Your thoughts? To tone.
1: Yeah, so I I also feel a little unsure of like how to rate this because there are a lot of things that like objectively I think are great about the film, but subjectively there were things that impeded my enjoyment that aren't the film's fault, but still like it made me not really enjoy watching it so much but I'll, I'll, I'll back up so first of all I think the best thing about this film is what you guys have already talked about that it's so complex and has so much oh, going I'll on in that. it that it really does prompt you to want to like think about it a lot afterwards you know I like something that makes me kind of want to chew on it and piece it together and pull apart the little knots and try to figure out what's what's going on like put the puzzle pieces together I love doing that Um, my favorite example of that is Mulholland drive. And, um, so I, I love something that kind of sets me up for that. Um, I think the acting was just incredible. I loved watching the actress who played Alexia on screen. I just was like fascinated with everything she did and like every facial expression and her physical, like her whole body physicality was really interesting to me and the way that she could like, sort of slide between like, like a very feminine, you know, gender appearance to like trying to be more masculine and the way she was just like very fluid. And that was really interesting to me. Um, she has just a very unusual look. And I thought her overall performance was intriguing. Uh, the aesthetic, several aesthetic elements I thought were just super entertaining for my senses. I'll delight to the senses. Uh, visually there's like a lot of neon and colors at certain parts and there's just like a lot to look at um the music I thought was used really well with the soundtrack uh, the song that she's dancing to on top of the car I put that on in the car while like while I was driving and I put it on repeat like 20 times <laughs> just listen to that song it was so into it uh uh, this movie also makes me feel a lot of things. I feel I felt, like, dread at, like, what she's going to do. I felt suspense. I felt sadness at what Vincent has gone through. I felt, like, contempt for her lack of feeling, especially in the first kind of act and maybe two acts. Um, I just, there were a lot of complex emotions going on. Now, on the kind of... On the negative side, I feel like, um, as was mentioned before, the pacing leaves something to be desired for me. And, I, but, you know, I don't, I don't even know if it's entirely just purely pacing problems. I think that honestly, I was a little bit bored by the lack of dialogue. There was just so little dialogue that I feel like that could have helped move the pacing yeah. along better. Like, I don't think it needed to be any shorter. But yeah, our
3: main character doesn't talk yeah and so it's she's playing adrian
1: maybe this is a deficiency on my part but i just found it a little bit hard to stick with and there were places where it was some effort for me to keep going Mm -hmm. with it um maybe maybe i have problems with my attention span but it's just a little a little hard for me to stick with it um especially because i think that in this movie as well as in raw i think julia de corna has a tendency to show us very little and tell us very little um which overall in terms of storytelling i think that telling a lot is not good and comes off as clunky like you want to show your audience this is a visual medium medium you want to show your audience what they're along on the ride for just having info dumps and clunky dialogue, that's not great. Um, But Julia also doesn't show us a whole lot sometimes. And there are story elements that she just kind of like jumps to without giving you a lot of lead up. And, you know, sometimes that can be good, but sometimes it's so disorienting. Like if I had seen this film in a theater and didn't have the ability to rewind, Um, I I think I would have had some real problems comprehend or I would have like, it would have taken me a lot longer to figure things out and by then I would have like missed some of the story like the fact that Vincent shows up at the police station to like identify Alexia as possibly being his son. We, we never saw her go to the police station. And again, because she does, in my opinion, she doesn't look at all like the missing boy. It wasn't clear to me what she was doing. I thought she was disguising her appearance when she cut her hair and broken. No- I thought she was disguising her appearance to avoid being recognized as herself, but I didn't get at first that she was specifically trying to look like this missing
3: boy. I, did.
1: I don't know. I, I just well, didn't they get it into
3: like his picture, but yeah, it's brief.
1: Yeah. But she, he, she looks so little like him that I was like, well, that can't yeah. be it. And then we see him at the police station identifying her but it we didn't see how everybody got there and so at first again maybe this is me being dense but at first i was like did she actually get arrested Mm -hmm. or like how did she get there did somebody pick her up and then she lied and said she was the missing boy and like i didn't get it And, and then when they were in the car driving back to the fire station she's not talking i'm like does he really think that she's i just felt like there was a lot of lead up that we were not privy to as audience members and that was disorienting for me similar things happened to me when we when we reviewed raw um there were just like background elements and plot elements that were not shown and she just kind of expects us to keep up so in a way i guess that's like flattering like she really puts a lot of faith in her audience to be intelligent enough and tuned in enough to like follow so again maybe it's like a deficiency on my part but it's like in raw it's it's a little it's been a few months since we've talked about that so i won't i won't spoil it but like there's certain things like oh they're they're at veterinary school is this because the parents went there like where are they dropping her off and it was like just the kind of the basic setup of the premise was unclear to me at first in that movie and so it took it took like some rewinding and re-watching to be like okay I think this is what's going on so that was just a little hard for me to keep up with I'm glad that I could rewind but it it's disorienting and it, it kind of takes me out of the story um I I honestly didn't find this the the things that I found most disturbing about this film were the nose breaking scene and the self abortion scene, those were both very visceral and created like physical reactions in me and like were horrifying for me to watch. Beyond those things, I, I I honestly didn't feel like terribly disturbed by it. I didn't have this like extreme emotional reaction like John did. You I monster.
3: Felt, no, I'm just kidding.
1: I know I'm heartless. Um, <laughs> I'm actually part car. Oh, but, wow. <laughs> I, ah, you a like Cadillac this, but... on my mother's side. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is a good time to tell you. Uh, so to me, it just like I said, you know, it's like a it's a genre bender. It's a gender bender. Um, it. it it wasn't quite what I expected to see. I think that like in terms of skill level I think this is an improvement over Raw. I think that Julia is like improving as a filmmaker. Um, I'm impressed by it. I think it's like a really well-made film. I I don't think I enjoyed watching it as much as I did Raw and so I can't help but sort of compare the two. These are her only two films and I see a lot of like um, stylistic similarities and storytelling similarities between it so I kind of (laughs) can't help but compare them so it's it's hard for me to know what to do about about a score or a rating so raw i gave six out of ten whatever our unit was to bites, this... i believe it was what was it
3: bites bites okay was,
0: yeah. um munchies
1: buddy <laughs> mm, <we're wheezing laughs> yeah, <the>
0: but...
1: <laughs> steven tyler pjs but so i i uh... I think this is a better film than Raw. I don't enjoy watching it as much, but just the sheer complexity of it and the amount of stuff it gives me to chew on, figuratively. I'm going to give it a 6.5
3: loop jobs. Whoa! Not a big fan of Julia's work.
1: I am. I mean, it still fucks. It's still on the fuck side of the the gauge. You know?
3: In my opinion, both these films are higher than a 6 and a 6.5, but that's that's how opinions work. Well,
2: this is not time for your rating.
3: <laughs> You're right. Oh, thank the you. Women are really lashing at me. You yeah, had your chance.
0: You even hired okay.
3: your or uh, upped your score a little bit.
0: I did. So. I did. Well, there you go. I got to you know, say. Go, go ahead. ahead. Uh, no, I was going
1: to say, you know, if I watched both of those films 10 years down the road, I may feel totally differently. But um, some, something about it, like it
3: just. I don't know what but, I like about her good. films is they make me feel something. Mm -hmm. Both of them have made me feel something that I watch a lot of horror and there's a lot of it that just washes over you and it's fun. You know, you're like, oh, you know, like the new Texas Chainsaw, right? We just watched it. It's fun. And there's gore. People die. They get their heads bashed and whatever, like it happens. But none of it. Yeah, it is a Texas Chainsaw. (coughs) People get it, but none of it like lingers on you. Like, but there's stuff in this film and raw that made me feel something while I was watching it It made me feel uncomfortable. And that's very rare Mm -hmm. in a horror film. In my opinion, I'm desensitized. Mm -hmm. Like, and both these films did that. And I have to give the director credit for that. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, no, I I give her a lot of credit for her talent and her writing and directing ability. I think there's just something like, I think this movie made me think more than it made me feel. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoy the thinking, but that's... I mean that's sort of incomplete for me i think you know we've talked about how the heart of this film is really about the relationship between these two characters and it's sort of a love story right that's less interesting to me i mean that's not like particularly unique i get again like the dressings and lace around it are are more unique but the heart of it is um i mean it it is what it is it's just like not that interesting to me i was the thing that was probably most interesting to me about the film is this melding of like human and machine. Yeah. And so that's that's what makes me really enjoy movies like um, Videodrome and The Fly. Well, Cronenberg, okay. We've talked mm-hmm. about techno horror before and Possessor. So that is like my jam. And I was kind of, I guess, you know, now that I'm saying it, this is sort of clicking for me. I kind of thought this was going to be more of like a techno horror kind of film. Yeah. I thought it was going to maybe be a more marketing of like.
3: neon sort of. A- sorry no the marketing is like very neon-ish and yeah bright. well not There's the aesthetic matters, of it but
1: I, I thought the themes it was going to explore was more like kind of the man melding with technology mm-hmm. of the future kind of thing i don't know so i was I, maybe i think that's just maybe what i was I'm more expecting you. so films like possessor and videodrome that is my jam and um this was just kind of more about that central relationship and kind of this love story. And it's, it just wasn't as interesting to me. Sorry. Gotcha.
0: Do we have any uh, trivia for this movie?
1: A little bit. Yeah. Um, where's my phone? Here it is.
0: Oh, right there. So there it prepared.
1: Is. I am so <laughs> Look prepared. Look at
0: her. We're professionals <laughs> so,
4: here.
1: Yeah. Oh, so I think this is kind of funny actually. So Spike Lee is kind of the, I don't know what the official title is, but he's like the head juror of the con film festival, like jury that chooses the the winners of the different categories oh like a judge or something yeah he's like the head one i'm not sure why but he is i love man i love spike Lee films so during the beginning of the closing ceremony um somebody told him in french to reveal the first prize like the first prize of the evening goes to whatever um but he misinterpreted it as being like tell us who the first place winner is and so the first thing he gives out is the palm door and like mm. you know all the suspense was kind of gone after that <laughs> so he kind of prematurely revealed who won the like the biggest prize of i like, like that the-
3: he knew enough french to actually interpret some of that already like yeah he yeah. said it so- was
0: t- time
1: man. <laughs> That oh, sounded exactly like Spike Lee. That's
3: how Spike Lee sounds.
1: That's exactly how he sounds. Yeah, so I think that's kind of funny. That's like a little uh, a little flub, kind of like uh, a few Oops. years ago at the Oscars. You remember when Oop. they said the wrong name of the yeah the Best Picture? Mm-hmm. That was embarrassing. Uh, I think this is interesting. So about the marketing of this film before it was released, it was deliberately very hush hush, and not much was revealed about the story. I guess so the audiences nope. can kind of experience the weirdness for themselves but um so one detail that was made known ahead of time was like a tagline or whatever that said following a series of unexplained crimes a father is reunited with the son who has been missing for 10 years oh
3: wow that is in I the IMDb that's... description what's that that is in the imd description oh it is also. yeah which made me so... think that like where is I started thinking going into the film, having seen that, that like was Alexia a boy originally? Like was she kidnapped as a child? I started thinking weird things like, oh, maybe she's not a girl. Maybe she was kidnapped as a child by this family before the car crash, right? And that she's really like Vincent's son, but she's been raised as a daughter. But you see her vagina right away, so you're like, oh, yes. Okay. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's kind I of like a be, misleading I, I, summary, I, right? I
0: think it would have been more bizarre if they would have had Vincent, Alexia, with an Adele song playing over it. The most unusual love story.
3: <laughs> Tatan.
1: You
3: Come should make trailers. Theme yeah. with the, the score Welcome. by Elton John.
1: Oh my God. Okay.
3: Let me be. Oh. Circle of Life. <laughs>
1: So many impressions on this show it's basically just an impression show Thank you.
3: uh Thank you very an-
1: much. another another tagline was it's me billy t- Well. <laughs> <laughs> another tagline was tatan a metal highly resistant to heat and corrosion with high tensile strength alloys so that's all that's given to prospective audiences here it's like what the hell are what are you supposed to expect after you hear that
3: it's
0: I mean, a definition of titanium huh? <laughs> okay
3: there exactly American audiences wouldn't be that familiar with so
1: yeah uh, so
3: already... yeah
0: man it was really good at titan
3: to so talk the impressions <laughs> changing by the moment
1: spot on uh as we already mentioned to the two main two of the characters have the same names as the two main characters in her previous film mm-hmm. i guess she likes to do that uh this film received a nine minute standing ovation after its con premiere so people liked it uh reported well except for one audience member who reportedly fainted i mean sure. i just don't. i don't know like faint do people actually faint i have like never heard when of a person
3: faint? i feel like those are yeah Oh, so ringers! Those are ringers, like set up in the audience in order to like generate some buzz. Like, oh, you got to faint at this point. Yeah,
1: like, I just don't think people really, really faint happens. during the
3: Exorcist. Again, I don't I'm think not... people
1: ever really faint ever. Unless yeah, they have, I'm like, not, not going
0: to make fun of diabetes, but just eat your sugar, please, or take your insulin. You're not going to faint yeah. at a movie. It's a movie.
3: Don't be insolent. Take your insulin. <laughs> oh my god.
1: Okay, that's that's pretty much it for trivia. There, there wasn't much on it, but... Uh, I, um, you... I
2: have something to add that I thought was really nice. interesting. So the actress that played Alexia was not an actress. And so um, the director specifically wanted to cast someone. She referred to them as non-professionals. Hmm. So she did this kind of extensive casting call and um, cast the actress mostly because of her look. She okay. fell in love with her look and um, was like, "Okay, I'll, you know, let's let's see if I can make this person work." And then she met with her on several occasions and uh, had her like study a bunch of monologues and stuff to make sure that she could, you know, do the emotional scenes that were needed. Um, but I thought that was really interesting that she didn't wow. she didn't want audiences to be taken out of the story because they recognized the actress from something else. She really wanted the actress to like Got embody you. this role.
0: She was That's a beautiful woman. I I mm-hmm. loved her look too. I mean, it was so unique, and I love the 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 thought of like keeping that scar in her head, where she just kept it like the, the hair didn't grow at all. I thought that was just yeah. like a, yeah. like a wonderful decision on that part. Yeah, so. and
2: she was capable of being very ugly and very beautiful, which and I thought <laughs> yeah. it was cool. We get we got
1: to see the whole spectrum, you know. Yeah,
0: she was absolutely a beautiful woman. So I mean, I, yeah, kudos. That was fantastic.
1: That is a smart decision to have somebody totally unknown.
3: Yep. That is very smart. That's that's yeah. a bit of trivia too. Thank you, Nicole. Yes.
1: Yeah. All right. So, John, I think it's your pick next week, am I right? Yes, ma'am. What I have you selected?
0: I think we're going to do something brand new. It just came out on Shutter. I believe it was actually made in 2020, but uh we'll call it a 2022 film so maybe for the year end we'll uh enjoy it. It's called I Blame Society from Shutter and we're keeping with our theme women in horror month it is jillian wallace orvat i think i'm saying that right but uh actually i, I caught this movie on a night that we i just felt like watching a movie and uh very intriguing I, I i'm very curious to think uh hear what you guys think about it uh so we'll be doing that next week i I'm blame just to watch it yeah it's it's fun it's kind of got that pov Kind of found footage thing, but it's okay. More stop theory. talking
1: because you always give stuff away. I, like, I promise
0: fire. I promise. I won't. This is a so brand just... new. This is a brand new movie. This is a br- I will say. Uh, like a enjoy. hidden
3: hidden view, like people that aren't aware of that. John John has a tendency to spoil the film after we've recorded. Yes. When we're talking, after we're wrapping up. Yeah, so like after time, this film, he's like, "Hey, by the way, a gun, by the car. way.
1: No, I'm, I'm still kidding. mad about that. How you know, messed up that detail I
0: fire for me. I, yeah. I'll say, I'll say it's this it, it is too. kind of a found footage, it's kind of a POV type movie. We'll Jillian there. Wallace Horvat, who who directs this, also stars in it, so that's all I'm giving away. Oh, okay, okay, all
1: right. She stars in
0: it, she directs it, does I, I think a fine job, very low budget, so don't go into it saying big budget, this sucks,
3: but no, actually, budget films can be fantastic yes
1: all right so that's a great title too i blame society i'm not Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna like read anything about this or anything beforehand Mm -hmm. i just want to because i have no idea i don't know anything about this film Um, but the title is rad and so i'm just gonna go into it blind
0: yep do it
1: all right so shutter watch i blame society and then tune in next week I want to say thank you again to Nicole for joining us tonight. That was such a great discussion. Thank you so much for taking uh, a big chunk out of your evening to talk about that with us. And um, tell the people again all about your podcast.
2: Uh, Okay. So it's Light and Shadow Horror Podcast. Uh, You can find me on pretty much all the podcatchers, Instagram, Facebook, at Light and Shadow Pod. And uh, currently, this month's episode, me and Jacqueline are talking about women in horror. And um, next month, I I don't like to give a sneak peek unless I'm sure, but I believe I'm finally going to do an episode on religion and horror for March um religion and horror is is something that's like near and dear to my heart and i think because it's such an important thing i've been kind of intimidated to dive in so i think what i'm going to do is a series of these yeah. and this is going to be the first one and uh, i'm going to talk about midnight mass and saint Maud and maybe one or two others and so, uh, the kind kind of niche is going to be toxic faith
3: all nice. right. I like it. That We've talked awesome. about that for a while, doing that, and it's nice to see you finally doing it. And yeah. I think that's the right decision to to piece it out like that, because it's a heavy it's a heavy subject matter. There's a yeah, lot to it's, talk about. It's
2: big too. I mean, there's a lot of different
3: yeah, little a niches of, of, you could talk about, of yeah. religion. Yeah, so absolutely.
1: Oh man, yeah, I can't Good wait. I, I will just definitely... hear what your
3: thoughts on that. Period. Like,
1: <sighs> I could talk forever about it. Yeah, <laughs> should do a whole episode just on that. Yeah, I probably could. Yeah awesome that sounds amazing so um everybody make sure you're listening to light and shadow horror podcast as well uh in the meantime if you'd like to email us give us some support ask us a question chime in on the movies we're watching it's a cut above horror review at gmail.com you can also follow us on twitter at cut above horror
3: you can find us on instagram at uh, cut above one word dot horror underscore review a side note real quick I just want to give a shout out to Windmill Home Entertainment, who is a uh, DVD and Blu-ray print and T-shirt like distributor from the UK that we've worked with. Our links are on their site and uh, they've been very supportive. Also, the Spoils of of Horror podcast, Stephen and Leo, they put out a great show every week and I can't say enough good things about them. John, you've listened to them. And uh, in the near future, we will be doing a collaboration with them and some cross promotional work. So look forward to that. Nice. Oh, my turn, right? It's my birthday, so Uh,
0: yeah. Facebook, go check us out. uh, Cut above colon horror review. We want to say thank you to everybody that has rated and reviewed us on iTunes. Don't forget us. uh, Forget to give us the five star rating on Spotify, which you now can do. It's a fantastic thing. So thank you, Spotify, and wherever you listen to the podcast. Thank you so much. On a personal note, I want to say this has been the best birthday that I've had in a long, long time. Right. Uh, thank you. I couldn't imagine spending it with better people talking about a fantastic movie. So, Nicole, thank you again. Light and Shadow podcast. Go check it out. Jacqueline, our host. You're a wonderful, wonderful person and a mother. Heiderberg, you're you know, you're an awesome dude. Thank you. <laughs> thank, you off, guys. Yeah. thank you guys so much. I appreciate you. So this has been a wonderful birthday, wonderful movie and uh can't wait for next week.
1: Happy birthday, John. We love you.
0: Thank you. I love you guys, too. <laughs> all right
1: (laughs) all right check us out next week when we'll be talking about i blame society
3: don't forget to keep it creepy happy birthday to you you. we should have got a happy birthday song Mm -hmm. in there
1: yeah